Good morning, it's Danger Dan here in the talk shop. Today's episode is with Ray Ripple. You may know her from a recent build she did for Born Free with Harley Davidson, or maybe you're a firefighter who got a fire extinguisher cut out from her years ago. Anyway, she was also on a show called Metal Shop Masters, and we got to sit down and talk shop. Had her boy Josh sit in to make sure that I didn't miss any juicy stuff. I really enjoyed this, and I think you will too. So let's get in. This show, like all shows, is brought to you by MC Shop Tees, your T-shirt of the month club, the only way to support every local motorcycle shop. Each month, we feature a different shop from around the country, sometimes outside the country. You know, the mom-pop shops that keep us on the road. Every month, we do a one-off limited print T-shirt that's only available through MC Shop Tees. Each shirt comes with a postcard that tells you about the shop, where they're located, and how to get a hold of these people. And it's a wicked fucking thing. This month's shop is... Actually, we didn't even do a shop this month. I was so inspired by Teach, uh, who's been teaching a chopper class for years. We're going to do another one with him, with his kids. But this month, he has a show called the Vintage Soul Motorcycle Show, and we did a... We did a fucking show shirt this month. So a little different, which is awesome because this is my shit. And I can do whatever the fuck I want. And it's really sick because we used a piece of art that Richie Pan did for him years ago before he passed and tattooed it on his arm. And now it's on a fucking t-shirt. So that's really rad that we get to use. You know, fucking Richie Pan was... If you don't know who Richie Pan is, look him up, man. Incredible cat. I wish I could have met him. I wish I could have had him on the podcast. Wish he was still around with us. And uh, anyhow, it's only available through mcshoptees.com, so go sign up now. You're actually too late for that T-shirt. Hopefully you were already signed up. Uh, but if you get signed up before the end of this month, you can get August T-shirt. You get August? August? Anyhow, mcshoptees.com. If you want to support the show, but you've got plenty of t-shirts, go to dangerdancetalkshop.com. There's a Patreon link where you can sign up and donate five bucks a month to keep this show on the road. That's right. Five dollars a month puts you also in a drawing for a hundred dollar gift card to Low Brow Customs. They support me and they can support you too. Dude, lowbrowcustoms.com is the only place to be buying parts for your chopper online. I'm telling you, they keep me on the road. <clears throat> they got tires, oil. They got a lot of custom makers from around the country, people that we featured on MC Shop Tees. <clears throat> and uh, just rad dudes doing rad things. And it's pretty fucking awesome to work with them. <clears throat> Go to mcshoptees.com. Man, I'm in New Mexico right now. And I'm still acclimating. There's not quite as much air in the air up here. You know, the oxygen levels are a little low, dude. And I get excited when I record these fucking intros. Uh, it, dude, and also, so every month you donate five bucks a month this year, 
We're going to give away an expedition thanks to Motorcycle Sherpa. Somebody is going to win a trip in December, which is super fucking rad. Uh, I've been over to Nepal twice with Motorcycle Sherpa, and, dude, these trips are fucking amazing. I'll be going back again this November. If you don't want to wait on winning a trip... Go to MotorcycleSherpa.com right now. Sign up for the Ride to, to ride to the Heavens. It's the first two-week trip in November. I will be on this trip, and it's going to be fucking sick. Go sign up now. There's only a few spots left, and trust me, you will not regret it. We got some rad people already signed up. It's going to be a fucking wicked one. <clears throat> It'll probably be my last trip to Nepal for a while. You know, I want to go check out the other trips they offer, like <clears throat> Mongolia or India. And, uh, dude, it's super fucking sick. I, I, it's just go scroll back, listen to, you can like Google Danger Dan's Talk Shop and Motorcycle Sherpa. And there's a bunch of episodes with people that were on the trip with me. I did a road show the first time I went. I've talked to Bear numerous times. And, uh, Booty, his partner, it's fucking wicked. It's real wicked. So check him out, MotorcycleSherpa.com. Dude, we got some rad things fucking happening coming up. The 120 in Milwaukee, I'll be there this weekend. Looking forward to seeing Cody Jinks and the Foo Fighters. There's a wicked mini bike race, the War Run, dude. The track they're building looks fucking out of hand, dude. At Ukes Harley Davidson, I actually don't know how I'm going to do everything. I'm I don't know how I'm going to do everything I want to do while I'm there. So, if you're in Milwaukee, come by and say hi. I'm going to be do that. One thing I know for sure I'm going to do is check out my Sportster, which is in the museum right now, which is just fucking incredible. Uh, kind of surreal. <clears throat> I don't think it's really. Yeah, kind of hard to believe. I believe it when I see it. Really. Anyhow, I hope to see you in Milwaukee. Sturgis is right around the corner. There's a lot of rad shit happening there. Sasha's having his bike show on Friday. There's Sasha Rodeo Games. Uh, the Prism Supply guys are throwing a party in Sundance. Chopper Supply is throwing a party in Sundance. Lead Sled Custom is throwing a party in Sundance. These are all happening at the Harley booth in Sundance. Uh the Sportster Showdown, Pat's got a lot of wicked things, you know, that involve more than just Sportsters. There's drag racing. I think he's got like a like a scavenger hunt he's going to do. It's wicked. Make sure you're following Let's Sled because, fuck, because those dudes are ratty shit. And you should be already, even if you don't own a Sportster. He makes a bunch of badass shit that you can put on your big twin as well. So, Sturgis is fucking happening. October... I just skipped a couple months, didn't I? Well, fuck, what's what's at the end of August? I'll also be at the Virginia City Roundup, hosted by Choppers Magazine and Harley-Davidson. That's going to be a wicked one, dude. A rodeo and a fucking chopper show. There's a bunch of rad builders. The weekend after that is Party at the Pin in Boise, Idaho. Talked to Luke from Chop Merchandise last week. That thing is going to be a wicked show. If you that's... If you're anywhere close, oh, yeah, that's another thing I just fucking almost forgot about. So last year we did the furthest to ride to the party at the pin. 
And it was cool. People rode from a long ways away. The dude who won it, I fucking, he did like 2,000 miles or some shit. He like, I don't know, circled the globe and then went to party at the pin. But this year, we're doing things a little differently, okay? This is Danger Dan's fucking penitentiary run to the party at the pen. So instead of like seeing who rides the most miles, whoever can take the most photos of them and their bike at penitentiaries on the way to party at the pen is going to win a fucking bitchin' prize. He's putting together, fuck, he's putting together a slew of prizes as well as you're going to get a 12-month subscription to MC Shop Tees. That's right, 12 free t-shirts over the next year. All you got to do is take a photo of you and your bike, or just your, if you're by yourself, figure it out. It's fucking 2023. Set your phone down, do the picture thing. You and your bike at penitentiary signs on your ride to party at the pen. So map out your run, look at all the penitentiaries on the way there. And this isn't like jailhouses on the way. This is penitentiaries, you know? So that's wicked. And you also got a tag, party at the pen, Danger Dan's Talk Shop, or Danger Danimal, and Chop Merchandise. How about that? Chop Merchandise, party at the pen, and Danger Dan, okay? Whoever takes the most pictures of penitentiaries on the way to the party at the pen wins. That's pretty fucking cool, right? I think that's a fucking sick idea. So that's coming up. That's like right around the corner. Labor Day, beginning of September. Um, October, Born Free Texas is happening. Born Free California just happened. Fucking over and done with. Born Free Texas is up next. That is October. I think it's the third weekend, right? Me and Lee Bullock have joined forces, and we are going to put together an art show. We rented like a fucking circus tent. We're going to set it up by the wall of death. And we've invited some of our favorite artists from around the country to come and display art. Everything from prints and paints and steel. And that's what we're going to call it. Prints, paint, and steel. And it's going to be sick. Ray Ripple, today's guest, is one of the artists. And I'm hoping to do podcasts with most of the artists before the show. So... Dude, make sure all that's on your calendar. I can't wait to see you on the road. We're at a booth. We're in the field. It's going to be sick. Um, all right. I've rambled on enough. Let's get into this podcast with Ray Ripple and Josh. This is five today? Yeah, number five. When I do like two in a row, my eyes start like... Getting heavy and hurting? No, they just start moving. Like I can't even look at my guests. Like... <laughs> Uh, then I have a hard time listening to them because I'm like, I'm trying to make my eyes look like just not do this, yep. you know, because I really oh like God. looking at my guests, you know, and like being engaged. And then when my eyes just start doing stuff, I'm like, all right, got to fucking call oh, it for the day. Dude, like the last one. And I you were doing like, it looking into screens, huh? Yes. The last one I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so talked out. And I was like, I got one more, but it's okay. I'm so used to it. Were, you, were there multiple people on these other ones? How were they? Um, was it just one-on-one? Just one-on-one. <laughs> yeah. Usually they're one-on-one. Um, the One of them was live. 
those are the ones that I really have to worry about because then I'm like, oh, like live, like it's fucking like super live, just going out there, yeah, just going out to the world, like whole ass raw dogging the world, like right now, yeah. like with anything I can, say. <laughs> I can say anything I want right now, like the whole world's gonna hear it. Those are the ones that I'm like, uh, I have to. I mean, that's how this range. is. Yeah, they may not be hearing it right now, <laughs> but they but will. I got you. You know that that first question was like an agreement we just signed. <laughs> you know, I. Like anything yeah. after this. After this, it's free it's game. Because I recorded the beginning. Oh. You know? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it, though. Oh, yeah, it like, oh, yeah, yeah, I love you did an intro, too, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Just to fill in for the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I, uh, yeah the, the fucking pod, There's a lot of podcasts. There is. There's, there's a ton a of them. Of and there's, like, podcasts. podcasts for everything, too. There's, like, welding podcasts, and then there's motorcycle podcasts, and then there's, like, industry, like, equipment like podcasts like oh, I did yeah, uh, everything the big speaking engagement that I was telling you about in Grand Rapids that's my live one that I did earlier today was just basically getting everybody amped up for that the keynote and like all of the things that are going on so it was on. like a pre-speech speech on yeah the it was internet? like a manufacturing expo event and okay. so this one was like a pre like hey look who's coming let's talk about this now like talk about what you're going to be talking about like that kind of thing so that's what that one was about and tell me about this like what do you what do you talk about uh my life uh okay. basically like so i had like a really hard upbringing um and i've pretty much basically experienced like you name it i've been through it and done it got the t-shirt and now i'm like i'm trying to utilize you know you put we put on the magic glasses when you cho- when you're chosen to put on the magic glasses you are required to carry that responsibility and you have a certain obligation for for the what comes with that and so i don't take that lightly and i utilize those magic glasses to try to teach young kids people just anybody that'll listen not to make the same mistakes i made because i was a product of my environment and so i'm trying to teach these kids that are in the same situations that i was in which they are every single day Mm -hmm. and they get no help no support just left to become products of their environment get lost in the system all of that kind of stuff i'm trying to show them there's a light at the end of the tunnel you don't need nobody but yourself yeah that's awesome yeah i mean people that's it there's you you can do whatever you want people just don't know that a lot of times no it's and because there's like this blockage that get puts and gets put in front of them like it's a gap like, like they like they're not capable you mm-hmm. know it's a gap that's a it's a gap that starts even like as early as elementary school and like we have kids that you know they go into school they go into their early childhood life dreams of being presidents and doctors and lawyers or welders or you know motorcycle builders or whatever and then there's a gap that's slowly just put in front of them as they get older when they're required to follow rules and they get told they're not good enough and then they have to follow more rules and they're like no you're not going to ever amount to anything and they follow more rules and that gap just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then eventually they just give up and then the kids that are like me that come out of abused homes and drug addicts' parents and teen runaways and, you know, teen moms and strippers and all of those kinds of things, they become those... you saying strippers can't be good moms? Hey, they, I was a stripper and I was a good mom. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I'm saying, yeah, I'm yeah. just trying to show girls, you know, especially, like, I'm a victim of sexual assault and, like, having, you know, carrying those things with you, we tend to turn to those avenues because we don't know any better mm-hmm. and we are left with no other options sometimes. And so I'm trying to show these girls that there's other options and there's other ways out besides 
you know, doing that. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, it's awesome that you have found a way to get in front of people that may need that, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm sure there's a ton of them out there, but getting them together and finding somebody like you to to show them that there are options, that's that's mm-hmm. awesome that somebody's even helping make that happen. It's, yeah, I've been doing, I've been speaking, like doing keynote public speaking for years. Even I was a tow truck driver and I would literally drive my tow truck to schools, speak to kids, get in my tow truck, go where it crashes, and then go back and finish speaking for oh, kids. Wow. Like, I have been doing this for so long, and, you know, it's magic glasses. I was handed them, and... What did, what did, uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? An like, ice skater. An ice skater? Like a figure skater? Live, yeah, fuck yeah. I didn't, awesome. I didn't even live, live near any ice or coal oh. or nothing. My friend Autumn lives in Houston, and... She is now doing that. Really? Yeah. After being, you know, being a, a business savvy woman and making her thing, doing her career, she's like, wait a second. I can figure skate now. I can do anything I want now. Yeah. I'm an adult. I it's have adult so cool seeing yeah. her do it. Yeah. yeah, I always wanted to do that. And I Josh, just... what did you want to be when you grew up? Man, I think at one point I wanted to be a fireman. Shut that, up! That wait a the, second. That How did I not know this? <laughs> it went out the window so fast. How did yeah. I not know this? I watched what was that movie? Uh, Ladder Forty Nine with my oh, mom. What about like, oh. remember Backdraft? Yeah, that was a good. Oh that was a good That'll make you not want to yep. be one, dude. Open that yep. door. I think, no, that's one, I think that's the one that, that really. It's really not there. that aggressive. There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of things in those shows that like aren't even real. Like hey, when I was young, it was all fucking real. Don't ruin it for me now, dude. Well, you know, I left the the tow service and I became a firefighter. Really. Yeah, okay, I, I did so, not know this. Yeah, I left the tow service and I was at. So you did the whole test, like hauling the hose up the stairs and everything? everything. I went through a 10 month academy. Oh my God. I bet they school. gave you hell. They were like, oh. let's just fucking run her off now. Oh, they did. They yeah. tried. I had one instructor that just made my life hell. And he always he paired me with the slowest kid in the class, of course, because I, I was very physically fit back then. I was working out three hours a day, every single day. Like, you I was like had to have been. on my game. And so he paired me with uh, the tallest slowest kid in the class because it's two in two out and so if me and him go in we both have to come out together same way with pt we two in two out and we're carrying rucking with that telephone pole i mean it's to me that sounds like science of a good coach yeah well somebody that's like you know what this is gonna be difficult now but it is gonna pay off for her in the long run no he was trying so hard to make him quit like we were in the maze building um and if you know what a bunker drill is you have to do bunker drill tell me put all your gear on in a minute or less it has to be on in a minute or less because if you're left if you don't have it on in a minute or less and that truck leaves the station without you you're fucked whenever you get when they get back you're gonna be doing all the tours literally for the next five shifts like you're until the next fire yeah like until the next fire basically and so he had uh he had me doing bunker drills in the dark in the maze building which uh maze building if you don't know when you're training they have all these like obstacles set up in this dark room that it simulates you crawling through a roof or getting stuck in wires or whatever so he had me in the maze building for four hours when the electricity's out oh yeah 100 (laughs) percent and then so he had me in this maze building for four hours at a minute apiece doing bunker drills why he hates me and he said like he's like come on you know you want to quit come on quit 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 <laughs> and then the last thing he said to me was like because you know what they say once a stripper always a stripper and oh. i was like listen sir i have to be at work at 5 30 i will fucking call in let me call in and i will continue to do bunker drills because i'm going to not quit i'm going to be a firefighter is how 
that whole played out. And then I graduated top of my class, of course, top in physical, and then moved on, and I never saw that guy again. Yeah, fucking teachers. But now he gets to watch me on, you know, social media and make everybody <laughs> I hope he pay. Is watching. And make everybody pay for, Netflix, for his that. Wife, his wife is probably like, oh, what's this show? Metal Shop Master. And yeah, he turns watch it on. He's, he's like, turn it off! That chick's Get evil! Get it off the TV! <laughs> No, he yeah. doesn't say anything. Yeah. He just no, sits he just there sits there in silence. On it. <laughs> it's what you want, though. I did uh, whatever. I got my first uniform. Uh, but this is the trades. This is the trades industry. This is any man's industry. And no offense, of course, both the, I'm the only woman here. But, like, uh, in the I, I, man's no, you're not world, anybody. Yeah. There's, they, men do that. They, like, treat women coming into it like shit. And, like, I, I stood up for it. And I, when I got my first uniform, I had posted, hey, like, look, I got my first uniform. This is my next chapter. Not even paying attention to him, but, you know, when I, it, I'm talking about that gap that mm-hmm. gets created with little kids from the very beginning, um, from the very beginning of my life. It's been, that gap has just got bigger and bigger and bigger. It started with my parents. My parents told me I was trash and I would never amount to anything. And then I did something with my life. I had teachers that said, are you going to be just like your your mom? You're going to be pregnant at, you know, 16 and a dropout. I got pregnant at 17 and graduated a year early, you know, like, and then of course I had to, you know, do, me and Chloe, my daughter were homeless. And so I had to strip in order to get us off the streets because we were living in my fucking truck. I had no choice, you know, and all these different aspects of my life that dream gap got bigger and bigger and then when I got that uniform and I worked so hard for it it was the hardest thing in the world for me to do every single door that wanted to slam shut when I tried to become a firefighter it it tried I it tried every single one and then when I got that uniform I was like you know what my parents said I'd never amount to anything da 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 and I had this instructor that was like once a stripper always a stripper booyah I got my I got my uniform, and it kind of, I don't know what it was about that post, but it got shared, like, almost, like, a million times, and then, so he caught wind of it, that instructor, and so he punished, he punished all the, all the, all the rookies, all the, the new. The people that were in his class at that point? Yeah, like, he was like, oh, yeah, she said this, and then, like, punished all of them and made them run towers. For it, just because they were in the same class as me. Just because like that's graduate. who you had to yeah. take his aggression out on? Yeah, 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 I mean, but it's just, that's the man's industry. The or he was like, you know what? I was real hard on that girl, and look what she did. Now I'm going to be real hard on <laughs> yeah. these guys. They're going to be great. Her, yeah. You know? yeah, probably. He was probably just going to ask one everybody <laughs> after that. He was like, no, we're doing four hours in the bunker house. Yeah. Like, Ray, you guys are going to yeah. be excellent. You guys He's... are going to go be on Netflix. Oh, I'm creating stars <laughs> here. You just fucked everybody, every student that guy's got now. But Literally. honestly, it Fuck pushes em. you, you know, yeah, it pushes you to does. be better. So honestly, his, you know, arrogantness is mm. what pushed me. Well, when you, when you said, uh, you know, you had a, a rough past, my first thought was like my favorite people, yeah. you know, have rough past. So I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I'm like kids. I'm like, you guys got it too fucking. So like, good. Like, I'm like, so, yeah, I don't feel I don't bad know. about anything because you guys need some rough shit, you know? Yes. Build this fucking character. Yeah, your dad's not home, you know? Like, I use that as an excuse, maybe, but at the same time, I'm like, no, you know? Oh, dude, I got two. I got a 19 year old, 14 year old. I literally, right before you got here, me and him got an argument over the dishes because he's a little disrespectful, a little 14 year old boy. Uh-huh. And I'm like, uh uh-uh, uh, you're getting up and you're going to do the dishes <laughs> as he's playing video games in front of his $1,000, $2,000. 
computer set up, you know, like, ah, you ain't got it rough. You ain't got, you yeah. ain't doing that to me. Get up, do the dishes. It's all about perspective. Yeah. Yeah. You only know, the, the worst thing that you know is only the worst thing that you've been through. You yeah. Know? It's like, that's true. That is, maybe it is the worst thing. It ain't bad for most people. But, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yep, so, but their trauma may be different, you know. Some people's traumas may seem like the whole world is crashing down on top of them and like people like me that's what I'm saying like, like yeah. the, 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 you know what could cause that is a mm. lot different to people that haven't experienced anything yeah else. they could be something very minute and for yeah. me I'm just like oh my whole world's on fire fuck it who cares right. <laughs> let's <Okay>. go <laughs> <laughs> who cares my whole world's crumbling uh, at my feet we hit rock bottom 15 times that's cool we'll just get up and do it again yeah yeah well you gotta have that attitude you have you know, to you know it's just what's thoughts you know, your thoughts, your thoughts are energy. What you project into the universe is the, all of your thoughts. And a lot of people and don't realize that. all those come that. from everybody around you. You yeah. know, like my wife has made that very clear when I fucking get on to my kids. She's like, what? You know, what? those little words <clears throat> are so big, you know, mm-hmm. coming from me, going to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's very important to just, and you know, that's one thing I try and tell them. <clears throat> you guys can do anything you fucking want, you mm-hmm. know? And I was told that early on, like, you can do anything you want, yeah. you know? I remember when I got asked, hey, Dan, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm, I'd always be like, I just want to be happy. Yeah. That was not a very good answer. Like, nobody, you know, teachers like, what do you mean you want to, no, what do you want to be? And I'm like, I don't yes, care what happy. I want to be. I just want to be happy exactly. when I get yeah. to wh- mm-hmm. wherever this place is you're talking about. Like, I hope I'm happy when I get there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but a lot of people associate happiness with a destination, and a happiness is not a destination. It's an emotion yeah, that we control and we carry within us, and it all starts with our thoughts and the thoughts mm-hmm. that's projected into energy. And so if you're constantly thinking negative thoughts, you're always going to be in a negative headspace, and you're never going to get to experience happy as a right now and as an emotion because you're always thinking about the next thing. Oh, well, if I if I pay that bill, I'm going to be happy. If I do this, then I'm going to get happy. If I'm going to do that, I'm going to be happy. Blah, 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 blah. Just so on and so forth. Yeah. But is it happy? People just associate and then you that. Train, your body gets trained into that. You yeah. Know, where you're always looking for yeah. the next thing to, to mm-hmm. satisfy where it's, you know. One thing I learned when I'm out on the road, you just got to trust the road. You got to trust the process. You got to enjoy the whole experience, you know, like getting... Getting to the destination to yep. me is almost like fuck. It's over now. It's like, the yeah, it's it's like, the best damn. part. The best part is getting there. Yeah. It's the no, it's not. It's it's going there. It's the well, chapters. Yeah. Yeah, getting getting, getting to your destination. The, the yeah. way to yeah. your destination. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's the chapters. You got to trust the chapters because mm-hmm. like there's so many different chapters in my life that had not happened. I probably wouldn't even be here on the same. You know, talking to this, like talking to you on this right now. Like it just. It's all about, it's not, there's no coincidences. If you just let go and let the universe lead you, everything is going to make sense later. I mean, like. Isn't it crazy? Hearing, even hearing you say that, I'm like, whoopity doo dah shit, but it's fucking right. It's the truth. <laughs> it's, so, it's the it's, truth. It's, it's absolute well, truth. Well, I mean, prime example, I my very first, people that know me or follow my work, they know me for my plasma cutting work, right? The very first piece of equipment I ever bought was a plasma cutter, and that was t- almost 10 years ago. I was cutting things up just because that's the only thing that I had, had I not known that it was going to lead to this. I became a tow truck driver with that plasma cutter I just bought, and I was bringing home body parts of cars and, just cutting, and cutting them up. Them up. <laughs> Look what set the tone for what I do now. Yeah. But also, you know, even the fire service, like going, 
being a firefighter in the academy, I took a fire extinguisher class. And had I not taken that fire extinguisher class, I would have never made these fire extinguishers that I sold all over the world, thousands of them all over the world, which would have never caught the attention of that one library that wanted me to do a, a massive install sculpture out front. I'd never done a massive install piece for a CD before, and had I not done been a firefighter what'd you do with class. the firefighting or the, the extinguishers uh i sold them so basically i all the came they're all condemned fire extinguishers and so i'm a scrap metal artist i love scrap metal and of course like you know turning things into new these condemned fire extinguishers go to the scrapyard so instead why don't we clean the chemical out of them cut them up turn them in firefighters you can literally sell anything to any firefighter for any reason if it has a maltese cross on it 100%. Firefighters love firefighter shit. It doesn't matter what it Fuck is. Yeah. Love it. So, I love biker shit. Yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's just like you see Harley stuff and you want to buy Harley stuff just because you love Harleys. It's the same thing. Like uh, these fire, fire extinguishers, I would cut the department, their department patch freehand on the tank and turn oh, it into this whole thing. That's genius. Which, because I was freehand cutting these patches they would send me a picture of the patch i would set the patch up on my phone on my table and i would just literally cut the Were you patch filming and- yourself doing that too mm-hmm. so they could see that as well oh yeah there's tons of videos awesome. everywhere and then so that set the tone for the freehand <clears throat> plasma cutting that i do now the how i can look at something and cut it out with a plasma cutter i would have never been able to do that had i hadn't had thousands of you know practice runs on fire extinguishers you know so there's always a process in trusting the chapters and the journey speaking of the the process how did you clean those things out uh if i told you i'd have to kill you it's uh it's sketch yeah yeah sketch you stick your whole hand in there with a grinder you just hold it like this you literally stick your whole hand in the extinguisher and the grinder with Super the grinder? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It cleans it out. Oh, with the wire yeah. wheel on there. Oh, yeah, it cleans it out. Gosh. It's literally, it's very oh, Nothing dangerous. bad can happen there. Oh, <laughs> I've, I have fucked myself up a oh, few times. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've done it outside of a fire extinguisher. <laughs> much less sticking your hand yeah. in one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's wild. I'll show you some photos of it. It's, okay. It's nuts. Me and my friends, we we're, you know, love junkyards, and we found a bunch of fire extinguishers one time. We didn't know how bad that stuff was or actually how it put out fires. Yeah. We got into a fire extinguisher, like, oh my God. Comp- you know, mm. battle, just shooting each other with that shit. Oh, we almost killed one of my friends. It's terrible. It's terrible. Say, it's terrible. <laughs> none of you guys could breathe. Nobody was so running bad. during that fight. It's well, terrible. Because it stops your breath and it's It just tracks, sucks man. up all the oxygen. It does. That's what it's made to do. It's so terrible to squirt in your buddy's face. Well, mm-hmm. and it depends on the chemical. Well, I mean, they're all chemicals. You shouldn't squirt that by any means in anybody's face or on somebody. But, like, the chemical itself, like the ABC chemical, uh, which is like a regular fire extinguisher, it's basically f- fertilizer. Mm-hmm is what it is and so a lot of the times whenever i'd empty these cans of abc chemical i would just fertilize my yard with it and water it in and the grass would grow yeah like some recycling yeah i just i'm constantly trying to like find ways to recycle and reinvent new things that haven't been done before and the fire extinguisher thing was something that's never been done before it's great i'm sure somebody's doing that now 
Uh, I, th- I don't think. Like, not unless you go out there and do it. No. I, mean, I haven't seen not really. Else like, I, and I hate it. making them now. Oh, yeah. my God. I fucking hate making really? them. We got a secret here full of them. I made thousands of these things and sold them all over the world. Like, I still Did have Did you figure out a better stitches. process than sticking your hand in there with no, the grinder? No. That's the only way to do it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, that's the only sketchy. way to do it. But the hardest part was trying to figure out how to get it to arc because metal has pores. And so whenever heat, it heats up, it expands. And so it, whenever it gets cold again, those pores close and the chemical gets c- caught basically in these pores. And so for the longest time, I couldn't figure out how to get them to arc because the chemical was still within it. It's a fire retardant chemical. So obviously basically it's just not. Put the arc out. I yeah, it puts the arc that. out. And so I had to do a lot of like finagling to yeah. get it to work. And I finally figured it out. I think that's probably why it's harder for, I mean, there, you don't really see them besides the ones that I yeah, did. nobody else is going to stick to yeah. fucking hand. Oh, the, the for grinder. sure. Oh, let me, Literally. I'm going to show you because I don't think. Let me show you what it. Oh, it seems like you know one of those fucking sandblasters they can't clean concrete trucks out with, you know? Yeah, it's literally. Maybe, but then yeah. it's just gonna fucking shoot, you know? I mean, you could do like a sandblasting yeah. booth. We just haven't got one of those yet. It's me in uniform. Wow. Me in uniform. Where were you? Is that here in Big Springs? Uh, so I worked for a fire department, a smaller fire department in the middle of Texas is where I worked. But like the policy is like department policies and the way everything worked and at the time I had a pretty decent following on Instagram and so I was always like the one that like oh you can't post this you can't post that nothing in department logo like anything fire department related like they were like absolutely off limits you know what I mean like because we uh, obviously the world is in uh, you know a madhouse right now so like of course like at the time the world was still in a pretty big madhouse. What year was that when you were a firefighter? I left the department in 2019. Oh, wow. Like, right before COVID. Yeah. Um, I was working standby at a um, Christian concert here in Midland called Rock the Desert uh, as a medic, and um, I got a phone call that the library in Midland was looking for an artist to do some some metal work out front, and so I put in my my sketches and they called me and was like hey you got it and then like it paid me more than a year's salary at the fire department damn so that's sick i jumped yeah. and then covid happened <laughs> yeah this is and then you had to get creative like everybody yeah. else we were stuck inside oh that's fucking sweet all freehand everything and so they get they got pretty intense there for a while but now I like I only do runs uh, like around Christmas because I love like I still love my brothers and sisters in the department and I still love giving them to like the retirees and the captains that are leaving and because that's usually what they do is they'll get they'll get, get a hold for of me the captain who's going out who's retiring and and moving on with their lives and and stuff so that kind of is what initially started it like because you got to have one thing that really just catches that attention like mm-hmm. i'd been making metal work for a long time like i've been doing this for nine so like ten years in your free time yeah just in my spare time and then the fire extinguishers took off when i started making those of course firefighters were like oh i gotta have that you know and so i was selling them Literally all over the world. Oh wow! And yeah. You folded those flaps out or the Maltese cross. cross? Yeah. The Maltese cross, man. Yeah, those sold good. Wait a second. The f- how? 
Is the bottom cut out? Yeah. Okay. So the bottom's cut oh, out. How the fuck you get your hand in that little hole? Yeah, the bottom's cut out. Perfect. That's so awesome. you need that one really good awesome. thing. You just need one good thing to catch the attention of of like your audience, and that's kind of what it was for me. And then COVID happened. Because I was doing these on my days off, and then um, whenever I left the department, I was focusing on those and artwork, and then COVID happened, and I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to go back to the fire department, because, <laughs> you know, the whole world shut down, and then I got a CNC machine, and then so it's all about, like, constantly being open to doing new things, mm -hmm. and so I started doing business signs, and whenever Girl. I started doing business signs, like, these businesses that were closed down, they were redoing their stuff because, you know, the business is closed down. Now it's a perfect time to, yep. uh, you know, redo Invest the whole business. Invest in the property while people yeah. aren't walking up every day. So I started doing business signs. People were approaching me for because I was an artist, and so I was, you know, designing and creating all these business signs. And then I had never really installed any of this stuff. And so Josh, of course, was like my right-hand man on all of it because his brain works a totally different way than my brain works. So there's a lot of times that I'd get up there, I'm like, I don't know how the fuck we're going to do this. And he's like, well, <laughs> we're going to figure it out. And he's yeah. like, we just need to drill holes and get some shit in it, and then we'll just see what happens. And, like, as I'm um, growing in the art world and, like, installs and, like, bigger pieces and every single piece I've done, I've never done before, besides this is now my second armadillo that I'm working on. But other than that, I've never built this and shit before. it's still before. not going to be the same, right? Like it's, no, it's still not going to be the same. No. Everything's different. Yeah, and everyone's so unique. Every, even, every install is different. Some mm -hmm. of them are easy. Some of them aren't. Some of them are really complicated. And like, So during all this time, did you, like, find anybody that was teaching you anything? Or, like... I was doing this all on my just, own. Just growing on, on your own. Figuring yeah. It out. Like, when COVID happened and I got the CNC machine and I was doing the business signs, Netflix reached out. And that's where the Netflix show came from, is like in the middle, right when COVID was happening, they're like, hey, we want to do this TV show called Metal Shop Masters, blah, 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 blah. We'd love for you to be a part of it. It's a competition show. I was like, cool. Then COVID happened. Never heard from them. I, they shut down production. And then lo and behold, in August, they're like, hey, you want to shoot the show? We're ready. Not, but you leave in like two weeks. So you got to get ready for like, and like have everything ready and be ready to go to L.A. for a whole month of your life. And just you, though? You didn't have to take tools or nothing? Nothing, just, just me. Show up? Just me, show up. I honestly didn't think I would make it. I made it to the very end, so if you watch it, of course, I made it to the end. I didn't win the show, but sometimes you win in other areas of your life besides yeah. just winning. And so, the process. Oh, yeah, you got to trust there. the process. And so after... Um, when they reached out about the show, uh, I was in the middle of a massive gym mural because at the time I was painting a lot still. I was doing metal work and I was painting murals. And so I basically had to put this gym mural on hold, build an art piece that was supposed to be shipped to the show for me to put on, put together the very first episode. And so I literally, like, everybody around me thought I was only going for one episode. I was cool with just being on one episode, just being featured. I didn't even bring enough clothes because I thought I was just going to go home, you know? And so every day I'm like, oh, today's the day I'm going home. And I didn't go home for oh, like a so month. So it was like, I guess it was a voting or something. Like you, you didn't know if you were going to go home. Yeah. So like basically it was me and other artists and we get together and like whoever the best artist is, is who basically survives this whole mm -hmm. competition. And like every single sculpture that I created, I just made it to the next round and the next round and the next round. And then... Then, like, before you knew it, I was, like, one of the, I was, like, the last female standing for the rest of the show. Like, literally for, because the first two, 
well, uh, seven left first, and then Leah left second, and then it was me and all these guys, and then so they made it into this whole thing. Like, how does it be, feel to be representing women across America in the trades? And I'm like, I didn't think of it Put that way, but thank shoulders. you. <laughs> thank you for that. And then, of course, like, I have imposter syndrome, and so, like, the things that I create, I'm like, I don't think I create them, you know what I mean? It's just, like, a, a weird, vicious cycle within, you know, my brain. And so, like, I didn't feel like I was even good enough to be there, much less make it as far as I made it. And then, but, of course, the show taught me that I don't have limitations and that I really am talented and that I can do push myself beyond my the limits. And so when I came home, it, like, changed my artwork forever. And That's awesome. And now it's just, it's the same thing. It's just constantly evolving and just watching YouTube videos and, like, just practicing and lots of failing and redirections and all of that kind of stuff within it, which is why I get armadillos and giant bunnies and all these giant sculptures that I don't know how the fuck I'm going to make that are on my waiting list for the next two years. That's so awesome. <laughs> well, it's cool to hear one of those shows, like, really... Like help you move forward, you know. Like it didn't take away from your time back home. Like it added to the creative process. Yeah. It seems like a lot of those suck the creative process out of makers. You know where they go oh. there and they're just like, oh my, I don't even want to do this anymore. If you, you only know? knew what it was like when I came home from the show. Did it take a while for all this to like? Oh my god, I came home and I like hit the worst depressive state I'd ever been because I'd been running this fight or flight high for a whole month and like it wasn't necessarily like the show or the environment or none of that kind of stuff. The environment was great. Who I filmed with was great. It was not toxic by any means. There was no, it was literally just us art and emotions basically is what it was. And yeah, it so, was like, awesome. like, it was so awesome. And then I'm like running this high of trying to find a spot to pull from to create these sculptures because I didn't have music. I wasn't in my normal element. I like, I didn't know how the fuck I was going to pull this off. And I was like digging deep into some serious trauma to come up with this stuff. And when I came home, Everything was just still. Everything was just, everything oh, stopped. I know that those producers are real good at getting that stuff out, too. Like, they are. Oh, yeah. They, they're like, oh, she's got something Like, down oh, there. you were homeless? Tell they, us about yeah. it. <laughs> oh, you were a stripper? Tell yeah. me about they it. They shoved that pry bar in there, and I'm like, you better be going. Oh, yeah. my gosh. But when I came home, like, I was just. I mean, had you ever talked about that stuff on any, I mean, I guess no, you had never done anything actually, like that on that kind of level no, at that point. Honestly, so. I haven't. I don't think I've ever really talked about even the after effects of coming home with it like because even like he picked me up from the airport and like I was like I was like on this edge of like this line of like okay I'm gonna hold my shit together long enough to get home and then it was queso I swear <laughs> was to god it, it? was this the roses trip yeah I swear okay, to god it was, it was a bowl trip. of queso isn't it weird they don't <laughs> queso so like abstract to people outside of Texas <laughs> yep I I literally, we went to, it's like a tradition when I come home from trips, we go to Rosa's, which is this Mexican joint in Midland. Oh, I know and exactly so like, what Rosa's oh, yeah. is. So I had this bowl of queso, and I rolled up a tortilla, and I hadn't eaten queso. The best tortillas you could buy fucking at a fucking ever. restaurant. Oh, my God. Best queso you've ever had in your life. And we, he was getting gas, and we just got left the airport, just got this food. And mind you, too, the food... There, even though it wasn't the show, it wasn't the environment, so, um, but the food was so healthy, and I'm not a, I'm not a healthy girl, like, I gotta have calories, I gotta have carbs, I gotta have, like, yeah, you're like, burning that shit, yeah, it's California food, yeah, it was basically California food, food. So, the food your food eats, 
Yeah, basically is what it was. <laughs> and so there was exactly. like one point. I lost like 10 pounds on the wow. show just because. And like, I'm, I'm sure that was on top of all the other the stress, stress you're going through. And then like having rabbit food. To- oh, my God. It was crazy. And like it was at one point when I made it to the third episode that I was like, yo, can somebody in here give me some McDonald's? Like I literally. <laughs> Surely they can get you McDonald's at that yeah, point. Like because they brought me tofu and this little salad and it fits like right in the palm of your hand. And I was like, sir, I'm not eating that. And he was like, well, you got to eat something, right? And I was like, I got up and went out into the foyer where everybody was eating. I was like, can somebody, I will buy everybody here McDonald's. I don't care. Everybody can have a hamburger on me. Will somebody go get me McDonald's? And after that point, we had donuts and, like, the, ca- the carbs. Because I was with all these brewy men, and they wouldn't speak up. Nobody would speak up. Oh, my and so, gosh. Thank God you were there. I was like, look, we're all metal workers. We need calories. And yeah. so all of them were like, yes, please, thank God. We need food. <laughs> And they're all your size. Oh, and so I'm yeah, like, they need food. Yeah, they need food. And then so whenever I came home. God, they were fucking shocked too. Like, oh, for if sure. If they were sitting there eating that shit, not saying anything. For sure, for oh, sure. Oh, my God. Why could you just sit there and starve like Yeah. That? So then I came home, and that bowl of queso dipped in that fucking white tortilla, and I just shoved that hole in my mouth, and I was just like. I went to sit my card back on the crying. console. I was, I was like, what's like, going on? I was like, it's just so good. This is so good. And I'm like eating it. I was just like, I'm just so sorry. It's just so good. He was laughing. He was like, you're like a fucking roller coaster right now. I was like, I know. It's just so good. I'm just like eating this queso, crying. And then I don't think I stopped crying for like two weeks. Oh, my God. It was crazy. And then didn't get out of bed, did nothing. And then Josh came in there, and he was like, all right, that's enough. Get up. We're fucking not doing <laughs> yeah. this we anymore. Got, we got shit we got to do shit tomorrow. Josh, you're a good man. To, yeah, to yeah he was like, you, you let her go two weeks. Like, she does, right, his, she does the same shit to me, dude. Yeah, yeah good. We, Every day that I leave for work, she's like, have a good day at work. And usually, up until last week, I've been... Ah, it's gonna be a shit day, you know, and that it goes won't. back. That's what I it hate is. to. I, I hate to won't. rewind, but I was gonna inject that. Like it happens, it can set your day off. You know, yeah. this whole week I haven't said it once, and I've had some pretty good days this yeah, week. It's see, been really thoughts awesome. Thoughts are your energy. Really thoughts are energy. Well, you know, it's like, you know, not that they're the exact same, but like traveling through South America and the way I did it, you know, where I'd Which go down for like a crazy. month at a time and then come back, and like, you know, and I'm sitting there with my kids I'm, I'm the night you before. Had. You know, I'm like. Hanging with a bunch of dudes on the coast, and we're just partying, and it's fucking surreal. And then I'm, and then I'm sitting at home, and I'm like, you know, like it's just two totally different feelings, you know. And it wasn't like yeah. one was better than the other. Obviously, one was better than the other, but it was like the chemicals were not working correctly. Mm-hmm. Like it would take some days of like, you know, just my <clears throat> brain rewiring itself. Well, and it's like that even, like, now, because especially, like, the speaking gigs, there's always one kid that asks one question that I've never been asked before. Really? And it just starts a whole a tidal wave of shit that I haven't thought about in a long time. Mm-hmm. Or, and then it comes up, and then I come home, and then I now I've got to work that shit out. You know what I mean? Oh, it like, brings it up that deep. Yeah, it's, it's like something you got to work like, out. Like, I literally have to work it out, so I'll come home from these events, and, like, I'm just, like, I have to give myself permission to just stay in bed and just basically work out my demons for just a small question 
that follows me. Like, it's just like, because I suffer, I, I suffer from anxiety and depression and PTSD so bad that sometimes even something as little as that, like, will set me back. And so, like, I'll, I'll be in bed and I just can't get out of bed. Like, it's just, and it's like one of those things, too, that you got to, like, people that suffer with any kind of mental health problems or have any issues or past or trauma of any way, shape, or form, I think that's what fucks us all up is because we get into this point where we're in this headspace and we just stay in that headspace. But if you give yourself permission to be in that headspace for a day, two, touch your chest, say thank you for this life today. And even if you only get out of bed for a cup of coffee, if that's your only reason to get out of bed that day is for a cup of coffee. Then you got out of bed. You, you gave yourself a reason to be thankful. I'm thankful this, for this coffee. I'm thankful for this day. And then you just give yourself permission to rest because our brains need rest too. Our thoughts need rest. And then you only for the day. And then you get up and you do it again. You try it again. You know what I mean? Every single day it happens like that. Because, I mean, I'm an empath too. And so I absorb everybody's energy because I just want to fix everything. I want to mm-hmm. fix everybody. And these these kids like I just want to pour myself into them and I do I pour 100% of me into all of well, them well it sounds like to me like when a kid does that to you or you know brings up something that you forgot about or had you know stuffed down below you're working through a way to also like communicate something helpful to the next group mm-hmm. you know or the next person you know or it's <laughs> something you hadn't quite figured out yet and now that special person has presented something another challenge that you gotta like you can't hold back anymore. Let's get through this so that you can help the next person or people or, yeah. you know, the next group. And one that I'm holding myself accountable, too, like, for my own thoughts and my own feelings and my own healing. Yeah. But also what I project on other people and my own toxic qualities and my own toxic traits because we all have those. And so as long as you're addressing it and you're working through it as a human and that way you can put it away and then you don't have to worry about it anymore. Of course it's going to come back up. It's going to come back up, but it's going to be a little less every single time it comes up as far as how it affects you and your thinking and whether or not you get out of bed that day. I love it. I tell my kids when they fucking start getting emotional, I'm like, you take that shit and you fucking keep deep inside. (laughs) Nobody wants to hear your fucking feelings. And my wife's just like, Stop! Let them be emotional! Tell me your feelings! You're a man, kid! Squash it deep inside. Put it in a little box. I hate that. Save it for somebody who cares. Sit it over here. Be emotional. (laughs) Put it on the shelf. Let it all out. No, but it's good. You know, my kids have, you know, not even just my kids, you know, people around me have taught me to like, you know, let some shit go. I find myself crying at stupid fucking movies, you know, and it's like, hey, man, it you. happens. Good for you. God, I'm in this hotel room by myself right now. Good for like, you. I'm like hiding the tears from myself. Like, you it's know, like I'm going to cry. That the did not just get me. That did not <laughs> yep. just get me. It does. Oh, but it but does. it's that little box I got down yep. there, you know, it I'm is. like, Fucking! You forget you have one of those. I'm like somebody's yeah. figuring out the lock code. I'm gonna mm-hmm. put another lock on it. Hey, you know the universe. Ratchet it down tighter. The yeah. universe gave you a heart for a reason. I know. Allow it to be a beating heart, and every beat is an emotion. So and allow that to be. it just beats out of control, though. You know. It's supposed to. It reminds <laughs> us we're human. It's supposed to. Do it. It's give yourself an amazing thing. To. You're really seeing like, you know. Just like seeing my kids age, you know, and seeing how little things affect us and thinking about how things that I went through have affected me, you know, and seeing it happen to a little person, it's fucking wild, mm-hmm. you know. 
Yeah. I oh, went yeah. That. You did? Yep. You did? My kids are going through that now, too. Yeah. Like, they're, because they're older, and with Chloe being 19, and Cash is almost 15. Like, they're little people now. They're not, like, kids anymore. And so, like, I'm learning even, too, like, what, like, when they were little, like, the things that the decisions I made how it's affected them even now as adults and how as old like teenagers you know and so also too as a parent you like I've noticed even like Chloe and Cash's friends like their parents don't hold themselves accountable for their mistakes and which affects yeah it affects the kids gravely in their relationships when they get older and so like when Chloe's like mom you remember that one time you like there's some I don't know there's I'm gonna tell you a story and it's so it's so stupid like, it's so stupid, but she hangs on to it, and it means a lot to her. But to me, it's not that big of a deal. But for her, it's, like, a big, big deal. Like, there was this one time. You say this on the podcast? Oh, yeah, okay I am. With it? Oh, yeah, she will. She'll be, she's okay. We talk about this all the time. But she, there was this instance where I was so ill. I had a, a, a like, ate something bad or something. I was vomiting, like, every fucking ten minutes. Oh, it was terrible. God. And this girl, the sweetest soul on the planet, made me pancakes. And she was like, Mom, I want you to have these pancakes because you're sick and you need some food in your body. And she gave me these pancakes. And I didn't eat the pancakes because I was fucking sick. Yeah. <laughs> she hangs on to that. Oh, my God. She is you 19 didn't years eat my old. Pancakes. And she literally still brings up the fact that, well, remember that one time I made you pancakes and you didn't eat them? Yeah, I'm not and doing I'm like, anything for you this time. <laughs> that's exactly how she, she hangs on to it. She hangs on to it. And so, like, every time I, like, complain, I'm like, man, I'm making dinner. And I'm like, I wish some of y'all would cook. You know, I'm tired of cooking all the time. And then Chloe always brings up, well, you remember that one time I made pancakes and you didn't eat it? I said, Chloe, I was dying. Leave me alone. (laughs) I was literally throwing all of my guts up. My insides were just... I mean, that's what I want when I'm puking is a a big old stack of pancakes. (laughs) But she still to this day oh, will let it go. Awesome. But it just—that's goes... cute though. That's what she would have wanted. That's great. Oh, like, for sure. But it just next goes time to she's show. puking, you should make her some pancakes. Oh. Let's see what she does. I never thought of yeah. that. Oh my Do you god. Know oh hey, Maury. You know what? I got something for you. That's yeah. a great idea. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> you have cooked your pancakes, so I know. I know you got, I know you've got her back for it. Yeah, we we cook a lot of pancakes in our house. I ate some too. But. It just goes to show that even something as minute and small as that, really, they the kids hang on to it, mm-hmm. and so you gotta you gotta hold yourself accountable for the mistakes you make, even with your kids. We're not perfect, you know. I am. He said, "I'm, <laughs> I'm perfect." We're all, we're all yes, I'm glad. I'm perfectly content knowing I'm not perfect. I hope you need a shirt that says yeah. "I'm perfect." Uh, dude, perfect. Yeah, dude, perfect. Oh, but, wow. Yeah. Life is wild, though. Well, uh, so I want to go back to Metal Metal Masters, right? Uh-huh. Metal, metal Masters, shop, Metal Shop Masters. Metal shop what master. was uh, what was your like your final piece? What was the what was the the final boss? Um, so I created uh, Michelangelo's hands, the hands from the oh yes, I've seen those. Yeah, that I, didn't win it. No. Holy shit! Hands are hard to draw. Well, much I, less fucking a shadow. I created it into a shadow. I basically look at this pile of metal and it projects the hands of the Sixteen Chapel. Holy shit! Like I don't know how the fuck I pulled it off. And we had so many hours. We had ten hours to complete this. The first time I tried to do it, it failed miserably. Then I was like, oh fuck it, maybe it's just I'm doing the wrong idea and so I went to a different idea and scrapped that idea completely all in 10 hours and started on a whole nother sculpture and then the light the studio light 
kept axing out my my flashlight because that was our how we were creating the shadow was through a flashlight and it kept knocking down my flashlight so I couldn't even get a shadow at all and so I was like and I kept asking them hey can you guys turn that light like, down no we're filming this yeah you know? like and I'm like I need everybody else's had light because of where they were in the building except for me and so <clears throat> I picked up the piece to move it to the floor to where it was dark and I was going to do it there and it just broke everything broke so I was like now, on the third try second try on the second the, the third now thing. I'm on the third try and I had to start all over so I eventually I just went back to the first idea I had and so I at that point was like you know what they want shadow fucking art I'm gonna give them shadow art oh and so that so, was like the the competition make a shadow piece. it did not just matter what one, it looked like as long as it, it made the shadow the, flat, gotcha. the shadow okay. that was what this one challenge was so yeah. you look at this piece on the <coughs> table and it was just a bunch of fucking scrap metal together yeah, you wouldn't have known what and then was. you shine the light on it and it projects the hands like is what it was I actually have a fantastic photo of it and I'll, I'll show it to you well. right now but that piece um, when I created that I still to this day could not tell you how I did it and if I could pull it off again probably not well I think at that point you've been doing nothing but metal for months and I'm sure you were learning like you had these you probably had like <laughs> access to a lot more tools at this place mm -hmm. than I what did. you had back home. I did, but when it, this one didn't require anything other than a flashlight. Yeah, but you were, stuff. like, in that zone. You'd been, you know, you'd yeah. been you know, tickling um, different places in that brain that had not been excited to that degree. This thing, oh, here it is. Uh, so it's like a pile of metal, and oh. then it projects those hands. Wow. So the light shining through that is what projects yeah, that. that does not look like anything unless you look at the shadow. <laughs> yeah, <saying>. exactly. <laughs> and then you got the heart and the moon yeah. in there too. Yeah. Right. That was so dope. You had yeah. plenty of time apparently. Oh <laughs> no, that was four hours. Four hours of doing that and then finally got it done and then I went home on that episode. That was the episode that I went home on. Which I'm totally okay with because that what I created there was so challenging for me. And the fact that I even pulled it off and then still, and then went home on that, oh, I was fine. Yeah. I was totally fine with yeah, it. Like that's like, not good enough for y'all. I got other people. Well, and too, like the way it worked. So like that was the challenge I went home on. Well, the challenge before that was a partner and I was partnered with this guy. His name is Lou, talented artist in Vegas. Like, this, like that firefighter kid you were paired up with? Oh no, this dude. This, well, he's tall and lanky. Yeah. I love you, Lou, if you listen to this. You're not tall and lanky. Um, but he he's, like, fucking insanely talented. Like, he lives in Vegas, and he does a lot of shit for, like, Meow Wolf. And, like, he's his fucking brain is, like, uh, just, he's Da Vinci. Like, I'm not even kidding. I'm convinced, like, because he's just so talented. And so I got to partner with him on this piece. Well, the, all the pieces were so good, they couldn't eliminate anybody. So we all went to the next round. Come on. And then the, from there, they eliminated two. They had to eliminate two people because we didn't get eliminated at that one. So <clears throat> Lou and I went home. Like, he went home on his, and I went home on mine. And then it was Ivan and Tom that let, that stayed. And then Tom is the one initially that won it. Um, if you haven't watched it already, don't come at me because I spoiled it. It's been out for a while now. So I'm just letting you know if I catch any DMs over this. But um, so Tom ended up winning it and Ivan um, placed second. So basically we all kind of went into third place together. 
and then got eliminated at the second place. But I was totally okay leaving on that on that note because yeah. honestly, the next one was a uh, like you had to turn a golf cart, a barebone golf cart, into an art car, and like Burning Man stuff. And I had zero ideas for that, like not a single one. Because the only thing that was different within the show that actually happened in real life is like they actually, get, this is why it was so stressful because we had to build these sculptures. It was like 10 hours, right? We get 10 hours to build this. Five hours one day, the rest of the day in the interviews. The next day we do the other five hours. We did interviews, elim- eliminations, another set of interviews, and then we go home. That's how they filmed one episode, right? And then the next day, we start the next challenge. Oh, my word. Immediately next day. So while we were doing the first day of five hours, they gave us the next day's challenge or the next challenge. Hey, I know you're doing this, and I know you don't know if you're going home, but this is start thinking about what's going on next. And so I spent every single day just building sculptures in my head and building them in real life like even on the phone like there was a lot of times where there's a time difference obviously from texas to to california lawyer he just listened to me plan out sculptures on like i would call him to call home to check in and nobody would listen to anything i I couldn't listen to nobody i couldn't function i'm just present here with you i'm just letting you know i'm here but i've got to work and so i would spend the whole day (laughs) the whole time on the phone building sculptures on a piece of paper or on this notebook and then going in the next morning at 5 a.m. to finish them. Like, it was just every single day. I think there was only, the only time I really, really got to sit down and talk to somebody, like, while I was there was his mom. He, his mom was the only person I could talk to and I would call and I would actually, like, have a conversation with her outside of uh, what I was doing. Like, I don't know why it was just her but only she could pull, like, a conversation out of me outside of just, like, can you put the notebook down for just five fucking seconds and talk to me? You know what I mean? Like, let's talk about this. You're fine. Everything's <coughs> fine. You're going to make it. Like, it's good. Yeah. Like, if you're not, then that's fine. And then I came home, and she's like, girl, you looking a little skinny. We're going to Del's Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to put some meat on the bones. And then, yeah, it was just, it was such a wild wild experience but the cool thing about about it is like before I went into it I'd never really been around other metal artists or welders or anything besides the oil field out here yeah so there was a lot of things that I just like kept to myself as far as like my processes and what I do in there because I always said that they were thought that they were wrong and then I got around all these other guys I said oh oh you do that too me too I didn't know that you okay it's okay we can do this and then I just stopped caring about what my welds looked like and I just stopped caring what the internet thought about my work and just mm-hmm. full send you yeah, know that's what I mean awesome. yeah it was pretty cool to see well to I, I'd never thought about like that aspect of like working with somebody or like you know a mentor type learning something where you're like you know instead of like being unsure of how you're doing it you know like no mm-hmm. this is the way he taught me how to do it I trust the way he did it when you're doing it by yourself, you're like, well, I don't, I don't know if I want to show them that yeah. this is how I'm doing it. Yeah, know? because to you, even though you've never seen anybody do it, you think it's wrong. And that was, like, how I did most of the show. Like, mm-hmm. I kept everything, like, really quiet. I was just like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be plasma cutting this way. I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing it this way. You know what I mean? Like, I literally, like, was, like, covered, like, you know, yeah, doing yeah. my work like this. Because I was like, I don't know. I feel like I'm doing it wrong. Y'all are all professionals. And I'm just, like, this amateur over here who builds fire extinguishers. Like, you know, like, I didn't have the the resume they had 
when they played that introduction to the world to introduce them on Netflix, the, I had the fire extinguishers and that one big sculpture, you know what I mean? And like some of the business signs that I had done since COVID because I just left the fire department and just started doing this full time. Ivan's been doing this for a career his whole life. Yeah. Lou's been doing this for a career like his whole life. Like Frank has been doing this for his whole life. And then Leah's been doing machining work for her whole life. And then like Seven has been doing, you know, welding fabrication, you know, whole life. So it's just like all these different aspects. And here I am, just a little big spring America in here, fucking <laughs> trying to like compete with these Some people. Stiff competition yeah, over there. like as soon as I saw the line, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going yeah, home. You didn't bring enough clothes. <laughs> no, I did not bring enough clothes. I'm going home. Don't worry, guys. Yeah. You know, I'll be out in the next episode. So it was it was really cool, but it was cool to see the after Have you effect. kept in contact with the those oh, competitors? Yeah, Tom and I um, are in the same world because he, even though he builds art too, somehow uh, the <coughs> welding world is weird. Is real weird. Like you have like sections, right? And somehow I got stuck in the section of blue collar welding, pipe welding. Did you pick um, that? No, because your location in Big Springs. I think it, I think it could have something to do with that, but I've just always kind of because you're fell. a firefighter and a tow truck driver. I don't know. I think it's definitely a location. West, I think it could West be West Texas a, pipeline thing. Yeah, people. That's what that's what you associate West Texas with. Well, yeah. Well, and too like the RV park full of them. When I got into the metal art game or like what I, what I'm doing, there was nobody doing it really. I mean, there was people doing it, but it wasn't. People weren't doing it in a blue-collar industry. People were doing it in, in an art industry, in, like, a museum, like, that type, that world. Not creating pieces that, you know, so-and-so can buy over here. Yes, like an art industry. And I was creating art in a blue-collar industry. Well, Tom is in the same boat as me. He's creating art in a blue-collar industry. And so we've known each other for years. And so when he was on the show, I was like... Oh, you yeah, knew him before the show? Yeah, I knew him before the show. So, like, we actually ran into each other at the lo- in the lobby, like, by accident. I was like, are you here for, are you here for the same thing I'm in here for? And he, he was like, are you here for the same thing I'm here for? Like, that kind of thing. <laughs> <clears throat> so, I knew him, and it was, I got an honor to work with him on the second episode, which we had to build a barbecue grill. And all of us are artists, and so we all were like, a fucking barbecue a, a grill? functioning barbecue yeah, grill? Yeah, like, of all things, this is what you want us to build. Me and Tom won that challenge, which was pretty nice. cool. We did a lobster tail. He also is complete like opposite. Grilled, like you cooked a lobster tail? No, we made a lobster, uh, a grill into a lobster How did they judge that? I had just did creativity, they, like, how, I don't know. They didn't know. cook something on everything? No, well, the, be cool. we I think the director took tail. it home. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think he took it home and he used it. That's I think. awesome. But um, <clears throat> he's opposite of me, though. He's very straight lines, measurements. Like, he uh, did stuff, a bunch of shit with NASCAR. So he's all oh, mathematical. Yeah. yeah, he makes trophies. And I too. just freehand everything, full send. Oh, let's cut it. Just see what happens. Yeah. You know, like I. Measure I'm, twice? What? Yeah, like I don't even own a tape measure. You know, <laughs> like that's how I was. I was like. I like measuring my it arm. It looks straight you know? to me. I think, oh, maybe a little to the left, like that kind of thing. And so we got to work together. I learned a lot from him. And then. That thing like, came out sweet. It really it did. It looked just like a lobster tail. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty. And was I awesome. freehand plasma <laughs> cut all of it, and he used his measurements for the, like, his measurement I bet that did turn out sweet. It was super cool. And then, like, um, the next one was a mobile, like a giant art mobile where, like, it's something that spins and it just kind of, like, that kind of thing. 
And so I did a bunch of stingrays. And this is what I was talking about. You had to dig in deep for like some shit to like come up with these sculptures. And so I did this like school of stingrays where they look like they're all going in a downward, downward motion to symbolize depression. And so, like, I'm explaining this, because I'm at this point, we're, like, the third episode. Like, You're depression is... <laughs> the depression is setting in. You can have um, it all. That's yeah. <laughs> so, they were like, so, right, tell us about your sculpture. And I was like, it represents... <laughs> <laughs> I stood there, and I was just like this, and I was like... It represents depression, and they were like, elaborate. And I was like, well, this is how I feel right now. So I'm just oh like, <laughs> I feel like I'm in this old spiral. And then it's a school full of other people, and I'm just going down, 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 until eventually I'm not going to be able to go down anymore. And they're wow. like, maybe we should, can we rephrase that a little yeah. bit? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was intense. And then the next one was uh, like, we had to create art with like a musical instrument and it had to play music nice so me and that was the one me and Lou did and we did this like drum that like did this beat and it was like uh, the symbols you you know the golden record that they sent out into the universe like years and years and years ago I think it was like in the 80s uh like they shot one up into space? Yeah, they shot this it's a golden record that it basically has yeah and it has like all the like all the elements of Earth and what it was at like the you know okay. in the eighties. So you, that way, if you put it on a rec, on a record machine, it plays the sounds of Earth. Yeah, yeah. but an alien finds that it's un, it's completely unusable for them. You know what I mean? Like they're just gonna have a record. Uh, they player. might have like a finger that they can just drag. Touch it, and, yeah. I don't, you never know. So we made that, but we made it into a drum. For, <coughs> so we turned this like drum into this spaceship. It was super fucking sick, That's and awesome. then. Um, then the last that last one I was on was the shadow hands. All right, so back to this segregating the welders. Uh huh. You were talking. To- <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get so much. I'm gonna get so much hate for this. The DMs. No. The Why DMs are you gonna get hate? Because I was just talking about this earlier on the other podcast before you, and it was a welding podcast, and I was talking shit about how gatekeeping like welders gatekeep oh yeah welding just talking about that yeah like they how they gatekeep welding and like because i i did this uh oh my god i did the most incredible um welding competition with these kids in snyder which is a town over and it's a metal art competition Mm -hmm. where we kind of set it up a lot like metal shop masters except for we gave them materials and they had to utilize what materials were given in order to create this sculpture, but it had to have a story and it had to be structural sound. So if your welds aren't holding, when I pick it up with a forklift, I mean, that's obviously you can't install that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And because there is a lot of money in the metal art world. Well, this teacher made a comment because he didn't go and he was like, man, I'm glad I didn't go. It's such a waste of time. That doesn't give any of these kids real world experience. Well, first off, they're kids, okay? Remember that. They're all in high school, and they're going to leave and go into the real world and be hit with real life in just a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Let them be kids, yeah. you know? And so giving them the material to use makes them have to use their imagination. Now they have to be innovative, and they have to figure out how they're going to manipulate this stuff to get what they want, right? Mm-hmm. So they have to, like, and use the tools yeah, that they're given. Right yeah, there. Well, and then the welds, too. If I pick it up with a forklift and it doesn't hold, mm-hmm. then obviously your welds are trash. That teacher's <laughs> fucking lame. Right. So I was telling 
I was like explaining this in this podcast and I was telling him about it and I was like it's just it's so sad that like that teacher because he's selfish those kids missed out on that opportunity we're talking about the gap we we'll go back to the gap he created a gap he created a gap with one of those students that could be the next the next metal artist that's creating shit that's blowing people's minds in 10 years he created that gap right all because he wanted to keep them on pipe i mean you think welding pipe and circles on pipe is going is that that's it's the end game, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, like, why, that's, like, the thing to do. Well, first off, you got to stop shoving fucking welding pipe and the oil filled in these kids' throats because I have friends that have been welding pipe. Yeah, they make a shit ton of money in two months, three months on that contract, and then they spend the next six months looking for work because they can't find any more work, you know what I mean? Like, because the oil field goes down or it goes up or it moves off or whatever, and so they're... They make that money and then it's spent and then they're putting debt because now all that money's gone and they can't get the next job. So why are we pushing kids into this marketing that welding pipe in the oil field is the way to go? And I'm guilty of it too because when I first got into the industry, I was pushing pipe too. But there's so many different layers to welding. It's like an onion. We have SpaceX. We have rockets. We have literally metal art. We have all kinds of different welding that these kids can do to where they don't, if they want to weld pipe, dude, suit up. Get you a fucking truck. Get you a badass welder. Get you an RV. You go chase that pipeline. If that's what you want out of your life, please go do it. Live your best life. You're going to make a shit ton of money. You're going to make a lot of friends. It's, I love pipeliners. My, I have a lot of pipeliner friends. But I'm going to tell you the truth. You are going to be chasing work. You are going to be chasing that time. You are going to lose a lot of time with your family. You know, you're going to be leaving a life behind. You know, do you really want to do that? Do you really want to live in that kind of thing? Or you can make metal art, get you a little shop at home, a little welder and a plasma cutter and a grinder, and you can build all kinds of shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that kind of thing. And there's money there. It takes time to get to that point. you got to get your name yeah, out there. Yeah, but just like <clears throat> the pipe, like it's, it's different people are going to be able to do different things. Yep. You know, like they're, they're set up where they need that structure. They need somebody to say, hey, fucking weld circles right here. Yep. You know, go over here and weld circles. Not everybody has the self-control to just go out in their backyard, you know. Mm-hmm. It's definitely like, you know, case by case, you know. But, yeah, shutting down the option for somebody, trying to push in one direction or another is, is definitely unnecessary. It's terrible. And, I mean, I love the welding competitions. I love the kids. I love working with them. They're I mean, I think favorite. it's a great idea just to get kids competing and being creative and working together while also working against each other, too, you know, like challenging, you know. I think challenge is great for kids. You know? Yeah, oh, for sure. You know, having to try and do something different or better than somebody else is where you start fucking digging deep, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah, and it's unfair that that instructor creates that gap already, you know what I mean? And so it's just, it, welding is, it's such a gate-kept uh, community, which is, it's terrible. And I'm like, I'm really trying to push to break those boundaries to show people you can be a metal artist and still call yourself a welder. You can like still you can build motorcycles and fabricate on motorcycles and call yourself a welder. I like, wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a biker. Well, you know <laughs> what I mean. Has to weld every once in a while. But you know what I mean. Yes, yes. It's like it's all the same community. We're all in the same boat rowing together. We mm-hmm. just all have different mediums and yeah. different ways of creating. And it was funny. I never thought about like, you know, nothing against welding, but like a, a welding community. Like you speak of it, mm-hmm. like. Like I think of the biker community, and it's I just never, I never thought about, you know. <clears throat> and there's probably other industries or careers or trades that are, you know, 
where it's like that, you yeah. know, that just interesting to me. And so within the, the welding community, if we will, mm-hmm. there's different types of welding yeah right? oh different types of welding different Come mediums on, tell me about them well we have you know the metal art of yeah. course we have pipe welding we have pipeline oil filled you know the field work we have fabrication in-house shop work we have you know spacex rockets specialty welding like industrial there's so many different layers there but so when you say that you're like <clears throat> they've lumped you into the blue collar is that because that's like that helps with their marketing where they're like you know you know since you're uh, applicable to that class or that segment, you know, mm-hmm. we can push these products with you. Is no. that why would they would do that? No, it's not. It's not necessarily like that. It's like part of the. Okay, for instance, the motorcycle industry. We have like the the sporty people, and we have like the chopper guys, and then we have like the bagger guys, and the Dyna Bros, and like you know what I mean. Like there's and so the many dirt different bikers. Yeah, and, the and adventure bike guys, the power same rangers, thing. and the, it's literally the exact same thing within yeah. the welding world, and so like. I, because I'm not in the art, I'm just now, just now, this year, breaking into the artist world. According to who? Well, I went to my very first art thing, like art thing versus, because I always go to like manufacturing expos, manufacturing, manufacturing, industrial, But why industrial. do you go to those? Because you get invited or those well, are Well, just invited, but that's just where I go. Like, that's just where my career has always taken me. It's the blue collar, the blue collar part of the industry. Same way with Tom. Like, me and Tom go to Fabtech, which is a welding convention. Like, we go to all these welding conventions, which is where the blue collar part of the industry goes. Gotcha. As yeah. metal artists. The working men. The working yeah. men. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why we've kind of been in the box into this category of blue collar workers or the blue collar I'm just trying to figure out who's putting the box on you. Uh, the Just the world, basically. I mean, like, because think about it. Nobody really puts a chopper guy in a chop, chopper guy box. You know what I mean? He's it's just peop- in it's that. It's people like us sitting here right now saying, oh, yeah, well, so-and-so, Jeez, he's a chopper cheap, guy. Yeah. Dan, he's I a mean, biker guy. You're the, people, when you I, like, I mean? you know, I was riding a chopper when people started seeing me, and then, uh, you know, I write yeah. something else, and they're like, what? You know? Yeah, it's the We thought same you were a chopper thing. guy, yeah, you know, like, shit like that. Yeah, that's the, that's exactly what they do. Those it's are the this, people that sit around and put yeah. e- you put each other in a box. Yeah, it's literally the same thing. And so, like, I think we, it's it's just something that happens by, like, just a label. It's Gravity. just a label. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I th- it's it's like, probably something to do with, like, just the way you communicate, you mm-hmm. know, where you communicate with the people in that you know, segment more so than, you know, the art people, artsy faggots, you know? Like, those are got to be yeah. different kinds of people to even oh, communicate well, yeah, with. yeah, for sure. Because, like I was saying, I just went to my first art yeah. thing, They right? weren't the same as the blue-collar people? No. <laughs> totally different. Like, totally, totally different. And, like, the art, I, the, the art car parade. Oh, my so God, I went dude. To, that was pretty sick. You probably I, would like that, honestly. I, I mean, been, I love artists. Dude. I mean... I've been in the art, I've been doing metal art since I started welding. So, like, literally, the sculpture is my medium. It's always been my medium. You haven't been building buildings. No, it's always been my medium. Um, So, I, like, for the first, most of my work is made, and then I install it, and then I leave it. And I walk away, and it stays there at that place forever. People aren't walking all over it and testing its strength daily. No, nothing. I mean, besides the hot air balloon in Midland at the Mm -hmm. library. Oh, you get to go inside of it? Oh, yeah, you can go inside of it and have it three-sided, too. 
too, so like kids with disabilities can get oh, in it. And fun. like so I just, I literally neat. like yeah. I made it. My best friend was in a wheelchair growing up, and so it was very important to me that like kids with disabilities or that are you know that are you know bound to things like that that they can always participate and they're never on the side because awesome. Amanda was always on the side, and I do not want any kids to the side. I want them in it. But um, so like I never really get to see. You know what happens after that like I go and Solomon and then I come back home mm -hmm. to Big Spring America basically and then so like the cars that I've been doing caught the attention of the orange show which they put on this thing called the Houston Art Car Parade where they have like all these artists like just like me all these like batshit crazy artists like do all these wild things to cars and turn them into art, driving art and then they do this massive parade so every not necessarily year. like car people just artists. Artists, exactly. yeah, which is wild because you would think that would be a part of the automotive industry, but it's not. These are in artists that are creating art out of cars. Who, who puts this on? Who? It's the Houston Art Car Parade it, people. It's, yeah, it's like, like it's like a. It's, it's literally like a big deal. Like people from all over the world come to this. I have heard about it. Cars. I've heard about it, but I just never ever thought that it was like something I would ever be a part of because I here in my head and you, stuck you in the blue collar block, industry so. yeah so i got invited to do this with the car that i cut up her the car's uh name is called phyllis jean it's a 1940s uh chevy deluxe cut this whole car up she um is very well known and she runs and drives and all of that so they invited me and phyllis jean uh and of course the owner of phyllis jean my client to ride it in this art car parade and so I'm so used to going to like Fabtech and like these manufacturing up at, at, at like you know expos and like all these different things and it's like all these blue collar men just like walking around and like their you know polo fucking shirts and their khaki fucking pants and like all of that kind of stuff and then like I walked in to where artists who build these art cars like in this like thing this realm and it's like a whole different world like. I, like me, Josh, and Terry, who owns Philistine, are all blue-collar workers, so we were all just kind of standing off to the side, and all these people are just, like, fucked up on mushrooms and, like, all kinds of different things. <laughs> so, like, drugs. Yeah, dude. And these are, and they're, Driving like, cars around Houston? Yeah, yeah and they But they're not just, like... <clears throat> they're all, like... Some of them are two days older than Jesus. Like, literally, they're, like, old folks that have been doing art their whole lives, and, yeah. like, they dress like artists, and they No just, shirts, like, nipple rings. You yeah, know, they, like, like express dude, themselves. It was funny. They were so as cool. artists, and, like, I'm just, like, this whole time I thought I was weird. Yeah. And I'm just not. I'm just an artist. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, literally, oh. like, I was just, like, I never felt more at home. And, like, all the time when I go to these blue-collar events, sometimes I'm just, like, I feel... Like, a, like I'm an oddball out or like I stick out like a sore thumb because they dress like blue collar workers and like carry themselves like blue collar workers. Well, and I'm just doing like different kind of work than you. too. Yeah. And I'm just else. like this feral ass woman that's just in there and she's like covered in tattoos and says fuck every two minutes. And like I'm just in here like this manufacturing <laughs> with all these guys in polo shirts. And I'm just like, so, y'all, you know, it's it's cool. That was like the first artist. Thing that I had done, which, uh, and then she won an award mm -hmm. too, which was pretty cool. That was your first artist thing. First artist thing, and that and was just this thing. year. That was just a couple of months ago. That's it's awesome. wild, yeah, it's wild. So, I'm trying to get more into the art world. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I got an art thing. Yeah, I told you about. 
Yeah, the art show we're going to do at Born Free. That's right. Prints, paint, and steel. You know, I have a a couple of your shirts that I bought from Born Free, Texas. Oh, sick. Yeah, I cut them all up and, like, they're, yeah, now they're just like my riding shirts, but I got a couple of them. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we are stoked. Me and Lee, we're going to put on an art show. I haven't talked about this at all, so I'm just breaking this out. We decided to call Prince Paint and Steel, Uh and we're going to have metal fabricators, painters, and photographers. I love it. And bring them all out to Born Free. I love it. It's going to be sweet. It's going to be sick. Have you already picked the artist? You already talked to him? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've talked to him. Yeah, Yeah. they're all coming out. I'm super excited to see this. Yeah, we got a sweet list. It's, you know, I mean, I invited people that I like. Yeah. You know, like... All of them do rad shit, but I just really invited people I want to come hang out with mm-hmm. us, you know. Uh, I learned that from Mama Tried, you know, like, I feel like they don't just, they don't pick the, their favorite bikes necessarily, they pick their favorite people, mm-hmm. you know, like, we bring whatever you got, we don't fucking care what you bring, just come out and hang out with us. And, well, the uh, bikes tell a story. They're all well, art. The, the people tell the story, you know? Well, but, yeah. You know, and, well, the bikes tell the person's story, yeah, you know what I mean? Do. It has the miles, and it has the time, it has the thoughts, it has the same energy as, like, just you standing there, because you've been on it. That's you. It's a piece of you. It's an extension of you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally, I totally get it, because it's art in itself. Like, just even your bike out there, like, I want to see your bike. You know why? Because you created that. I didn't do no, anything. Well, I just bought that thing. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Not like that, but, like, I'm saying, like... Not a single bike, if you really think about it. It's bikes. Well, they've are all like got art. little personalities. Yeah, and so your bike. That's why I don't think it's my bike yet. Bike. Really? That, that bike's not my bike. It's not. No, I haven't had one. I oh yeah, even that's put right. You said all your friends were on it. You know? But you showed up here on it, and so it's associated with I'm you. There, and you know, you know that thought. I'm going is to there. get my bike next weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Where's it at? It's uh, it's in Idaho Falls right now. And it'll be in Milwaukee for the 120. Yeah. That's badass. They just took yeah, the chopper right. up there. No, my chopper's not up there. Oh, where's your chopper at? It's at my house. Oh. <laughs> I almost rode it here. <clears throat> but I was like, I'm probably going to ride back at night. And I love headlight, that thing. That I only seen it problem. once, and that was it. Texas Dude, my fucking... Now, that's my bike. Yeah, that chopper. I think it's fucking pimp. You know. Was it you? Did I see you riding up a hill on the back of somebody's... Bagger? Yeah, yeah, you did. up that hill. Yeah, on Johnny's I was like, bike. is that Dan? Yeah. That is Dan. Yeah, what's funny is this kid, they were doing like a hill climb, and, you know, first bagger gets fucking $10,000 or whatever it was. And he did it first fucking... With you first, on it? No, he did it by himself. Oh, really? And then fucking Buck, the guy who puts on Tennessee Motorcycle Music Revival, was like, now I bet he'll do it with Dan on the back, or Pat. And we, he, he just points over at me and Pat, and we look at each other like, fuck, no, he's not going to do that. And like before <laughs> I even finished, I was like, fuck it. And I just wa- just ran over there and jumped on his bike. I was like, let's And then he did it again. Yeah, he just did it and again. And then he did That's it again. Bad. It was so sick. Have you seen that video? Yeah. Oh, Going up was so easy. Now, coming back down, mm. that was fucking really? scary. I was just standing up, holding on. Yeah, because going up, you're not really going that fast. If if I fall off the bike, the bike, it's going to keep going. Yeah. But together, going down, it was like if something happens, we're Yars. in this <laughs> muddy mess with yeah. the backer together. You can't walk up the hill. Oh, like It, it would have been... And there's like, are we going to even slow down? There's yeah. a bunch of people at the bottom. If the thing it's muddy. doesn't slow down, then... Oh, my gosh. That's so ABS. funny. It was awesome, but oh my I was fucking 
amped afterwards. Really? Holy <laughs> shit! Oh my god, it was such a funny video, though. And such my kid rode movie. up that hill on his bike. It was so really? awesome to see a freaking eight-year-old just fucking sent it. I don't oh. know how he made it. Last year we did it, and he got up like I don't know thirty yards, and then his bike just stopped. Oh, and he's just on the fucking gas. Just kept going. Just fucking pinned it. Just dug a hole. He didn't even look backwards. He's just looking up. Full pinned. That's Finally great. have to go up there. I'm like, hey, bud. Let's, you know. you gotta let's go. turn you around. We'll try quick. it again next year. And know? then he did it this year. And he did it this year. That's yeah. sick. That's well, good. Cool. That's sick. Yeah, that wasn't my bagger. I don't have a bagger yet. Are you going to get one? I mean, that's a, I want everything. Of course. And I want like, I want, I want, all, I want like all of them, yeah. you know? Yeah, I like collectors. all. I just like riding motorcycles. Can't get rid of them. I had a bagger for. I had it for a while. I got one that had a smoked motor. I did a motor swap, and got it running, and I took it straight to the dealership. Yeah. Like, <laughs> took it to like Lucky Penny or Dream Machines, and I just sold it. Like, oh like, Give me a check. That's smart. I was like, I can't let my wife sit on this fucking thing. She'll never ride on my chopper again. Oh, <laughs> she'll be spoiled. Yeah, I'm like not gonna. Get, I, yeah, I just I wasn't ready to to do it yet. Now my buddy's got a bagger. It's like a. I don't know, to two thousand something, but it's got this sick like old school flame job, you know, like nineties, mm-hmm. like not real flame, but like not chemical candy custom flames yeah. either. Yeah. And then on underneath one of the flames it says, "You ain't seen nothing till you're down on a muffin." Then you sure to be changing your ways, like just handwritten, oh, like under, like you got to get in there close to read it. <clears throat> but one of these days I'm gonna have that paint job. At least I'd like to. That'd yeah. be like sick. To get that from me. It's got like a fucking. When it was built, it was probably the biggest inch twin cam ever. It's got right. Axtell cylinders. It's, I think it's like 120 something inches, yeah. Yeah. which is you know obviously they've done more than that now, but that yeah. was yeah back 15 in the day. years ago, mm-hmm. which was massive. Yeah, I mean it's it's got a kill switch like you have on a fucking drag car that you clip onto your shirt, mm-hmm. you know. So sick. That serious. Yeah. So sick. Uh, he only rides it to the bar. It's all really. Yeah, what a spot! Like what it's else one, are you riding for? One of my friends, you know. That's so. <laughs> he doesn't even ride it to the bar that often anymore. That's my next thing. I want to build a chopper next. Like it, born on. free, really. Born free really gave me the itch, and like I really doesn't. It? I mean, seeing all those bikes out there, there's so many sick choppers. It's like. There's I a know. shovelhead motor on Fucking the shelf over there. So I wanted to... Uh, behind that dirt bike. Yeah, there is. <laughs> like, the way that I cut the and fenders and the the shit on the road glide. Yeah, so let's talk about the new bike. You got a brand new bike, and yeah. I mean, that's a chopper. You chopped the shit out oh, of that. Oh, I did. I did. I did. It, it kind of, it's kind of like a, a like a mixed breed of a chopper bagger, I feel like, out of chopper it. Bagger. Yeah, chopper bagger. Cause well, it, according to some people, choppers don't have hard bags. No, they don't. You, they don't? You don't think so? No. Oh, I don't man, think so. I hope Beaner's not listening. You're <laughs> oh, fucking hurting his feelings right now. <laughs> I don't think so. I think they should have salt bags. Well, I mean, they should, or no yeah. bags. Or, just a bag or no or bags. But I don't know. I really wanted to cut the tank on it. Like, I've cut a tank completely see-through before and reroute the gas, but I think it was just the wrong motorcycle. Yeah. And so I think... The, What'd you start off with? Uh, 2023 Road Glide Special. Brand new. Literally yeah, brand yeah. new. The miles that are on it are just me doing a burnout and tuning miles. That's it. That's it. Still right now. And I'll ride it. It should have exactly 100 miles because that's what it left with. Well, I mean. The, the truck. Well, <laughs> probably not. No. Where's it at right now? In Milwaukee. 
Oh, it's yeah, at the museum. It if it it's hasn't been museum. turned on and rode, it'll have the same. Well, I think color. Brian rode it a little bit, but just like not rode it, but like moved it, moved yeah. it, like started to move it type thing. But it still needs some more tuning. So I'm gonna talk to House Harley when I get up there. I'm like, hey, it's gonna be here. You might as well just tune it for me while I'm here. Yeah. And so I'm gonna talk to them when I, I whenever I get up there. But it'll be at House of Harley for a little while. I got a booth. I think I'm doing some bartending up there. So if you want to come get drunk. On really? somebody that doesn't know anything. At House of Harley, you're going to yeah, bartend? I think so. I think that's what the whole plan is, is to me do some guest bartending. So if you want to get drunk, come to me, because I don't know anything about alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get everybody fucked up. So fair warning. Three seconds? What? Five Three seconds? Five? One Mrs. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. Like, literally, that's how I would do it. But uh, yeah, the bike, it was it was a brutal build. I have some mad respect for bike builders, for anybody that builds in any way, shape, or form. Was like, that your first bike to build? Ever. I mean, I, mean yeah. I bolted on parts. We wrench on them a little bit here or there. Like I do, you know, basic stuff. Like my son and has a dirt bike. You've never done your metal no. art on a bike before. No, it's the first bike. And it's the first bike that I've ever taken all the way down to frame. And I did it all, almost all of the There's work that's on it. There's a lot of pieces on, on those new bikes, isn't yeah. there? <laughs> oh, yeah. There was so many, so many. The only thing I didn't touch was the seat, New Church Moto. She's the one that did the seat for nice. me, um, and which is dedicated to a uh, buddy who helped me with the motor. I dedicated it to his wife because we're really good friends. This is the guy that I told you about. You need to get on your podcast. Yeah, Don't yeah, worry. Yeah. He's going to get him on a podcast. Buddy, we're coming for you. Um, but it was brutal. It was so brutal. It was like, I mean, it was a great learning. I learned so much about the M8 motor and the Evo motor and how similar they are. And like literally Did everything. Did you take the motor apart? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, basically, it's the you first You want to tell block. the horror story? You better tell the whole horror story on the podcast. So the motor. See, that's why he's here. Everybody, everybody <laughs> else already knows. You done told everybody else. So I did. So let's, let's get the full story. I'll get the pictures out too. Oh God! So the mind. motor, the motor, the whole idea. This is all your fault, actually. I blame you. Okay, actually, this is all your fault. While you're here, let's talk about. I this, can okay? validate this too. This she told me. All, she told me after. Oh, you this call is all it. his fault. All right, this is I all did, Dan's I fault. I did. I did send him. We, he you know, I thought fucking... we, I thought we bonded at some point, you know. And I was like, I got it. She said something. I just, it's not sitting well with me. I got to send her. A so message. this is your fault, all of it. No, um, honestly, I'm glad you said what you said because uh, initially, like, if you, if anybody has seen the Born Free Build, like, I. Um, I had a whole different idea. I wanted to go performance bagger, like BRL style type thing, and just make it fast, slow, and you know, pretty. And but that's what everybody else did, right? And so, lo and behold, after I get off the phone with you, you text me like a week later, "Hey, I love you, and I'm telling you this because I love you. I you did. should stay outside the box." Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I scrapped I said, the whole you should idea. do what. What nobody else yeah. can do. Do what you do, which nobody else can nobody do. Nobody else does. And so I was like, all right. And so I came in here, and I was like, all right, this is what we're going to do. And so... I um, wasn't sure how you were going to take that either. I was like, man, I'm, you know, I don't know her that well, and I was pretty abrasive. I, not maybe abrasive, but I was like, you know. No, you I didn't ask it. any. You didn't ask any... I'm glad you didn't you ask did. my opinion, but I freaking put it out there. Honestly, had you not given it to me, then the bike would have been in a wholly different direction. And I'm glad that you did because I, somebody would have walked up to that bike and been like, they would have never known I built it. Yeah, that would. You have can been walk cool. up to that one, 
the one that I did, and people were like, "Damn, yeah, she's de- that's all over her. She's yeah. all over it." She's and all so over it. it started. But also, I still wanted to do motor work because I wanted to pay tribute, of course, to like builders. Like I felt like you know, if I'm gonna earn the spot to be a builder here, I need to build it, and because somebody else deserves to be here besides me, and they picked me for a reason. So I'm not gonna cheap out. I'm not gonna like not gonna fucking do it half-assed like we're going all the way down the frame so I took it all the way down the frame and then I had this brilliant idea you know there's not a blonde inmate motor I've never seen one so let's do it right so what do I do I was like all right this sounds like such a great idea we could definitely get all this shit off with aircraft remover no absolutely aircraft remover that yeah because I got it came off so well on the primary cover and some other aspects that I was like oh it'll come off Uh, you know whatever this heat treated fucking power coat is that Harley puts on this thing it's glued did not come off it is glued and then whenever you see this bike next week in Milwaukee if you get down real close into it you can see that there's some little spots inside the ribs of that (laughs) cylinder head that I just I almost was gonna buy a can of paint and paint it those little spots because you know people people are dicks they'll walk up to it and they'll like trash the whole thing just because like one little piece of whatever's on it those people should not even be on your radar oh 100% and so that's why I was like nah fuck it it's art Yeah. so I just left it but basically the motor, I almost trashed this brand new motor, and I thought I was going to have to make a phone call to Harley and be like, look, <laughs> you gave me this bike, and I just fucked it all up. <laughs> like, basically is how that all worked out. Because, like, we out here, the motorcycle community does not exist in this area. Like, we don't really have a whole lot of riders. We don't really, there's not a whole lot of activity in, in the riding area yeah, or I category mean, here. The dealership shut down because there yeah, wasn't enough riders. Exactly. The oldest one in Texas. Exactly, Harley. Um, but the um, Buddy, this guy, he ended up here. His name, his name is actually Buddy. He's not just a Buddy, but his name is Buddy. Him and his wife... Um, they are from Vegas, and they have family here. She was diagnosed with cancer, and they gave her two years to live. And so they decided to come home and spend the rest of her days here in Big Spring. Wow. And so they opened the shop here. They moved the shop here, and they've just been here ever since. Well, when I just started riding motorcycles like three or four years ago. I, like, I mean, I've dabbled in it, but this was like the first time I really just started riding Harleys. And so because of the Sportster... Um, I was changing the whole front end on it, and I was learning how to wrench on these things. So, like, I didn't know nothing about nothing, and I still don't really know a whole lot about motorcycles, just what I've worked on. And so that's how we became friends. It's like we went into Buddies to, you know, get the parts and talk about this sportster I have that I wanted to put mags on that I needed to change a bunch of shit on. And um, when we just became fast friends, and before I knew it, we were there all the time. We were just, like, there for hours just talking motorcycles, and Deb would just show me all these beautiful photos of her and her life and with Buddy and, like, the motorcycles they've built and their life in Vegas and just, wow. like, all these things. And like Yeah, because she's going, she thinks she's on her way out, so she's, like, reminiscing But I had no idea. Yeah, you didn't know No, I didn't know she was dying. I had no earthly idea she was dying. And, like, we were just friends. And then one day, he was talking to Buddy somewhere deep in the shop, and I was just in the office with her, like, I always do, just visiting. And she told me she was dying. She was like, I just want you to know I'm dying. And, like, she's just, like, she had breast cancer and a tumor in her brain, and they opted. There was no way that they could do any treatments. It would have just 
probably made quality of life worse. And so she just opted out of no treatments and just wanted to live the rest of her life. And I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And I was like, but you're you're going to last way beyond two years, like way, way well beyond that. And then Netflix happened. And then I left and I went and filmed this show and I like came back and like my life just took off. And then before you know it, I was gone for like a month or two at a time and I was going to event to event to event and I wasn't writing as much and I wasn't home as much. And then I finally came home after a whole long stint. I just, I walked in the office and she was just, she didn't even look the same. Like she wasn't like, it was just not the same. And like I could tell that something was wrong and like we were just like we got to go we got to go visit them like as much as we possibly can we got to get as much time in with them as we possibly can well before the netflix show she asked me if i would build her this is all part of the build so like i'll get to the build part no, in a minute but so um when uh before the netflix show she asked me if i would make her a rose that's all she wanted she just wanted me to make her a rose and i just got so busy and i never got time to make oh, her the rose and so whenever i came home and i saw this the condition she was in i dropped everything and i made her the rose and but I didn't have enough time to paint it because she, I was trying to get it done before her birthday and her birthday was in September last year. So I got the rose done, got it to her on her birthday. And then she was upset it wasn't painted yellow. <laughs> and I, um, but she had it. And um, realistically, she wanted the rose so she can give it to her daughter. And she still gets to give it to her daughter, obviously. But um, so... I gave her the rose, and then at that point, just any chance we could to get in there to hang out with her, we did. And then uh, two years, literally, like, almost to the day, we got a phone call. And, like, the last week that she was alive, we went to go visit them. And you could tell, like, she was, like, way... She was way off. Like, was nothing was birthday. to say. Yeah, no, this was the next week, or not the next week, but it was that next week I have that <clears> photo <throat> of you. Uh, just She was showing you those pants. She was, like, so obsessed with, like, these pants, like, that she wore, and she was, like, mm-hmm. trying to, like, tell us she about these pants. She made it to her birthday or it was on her birthday. This was, was no, this was close. after her birthday. Oh, okay. Yeah, this was in October. Gotcha. So we went visit her, like, a week before she passed. It was, like, the last week. We didn't think that, obviously, she was going to go that week. So we went and visited her, and she was just, like, not in the same place. And then Buddy called, and they, she just, she lay down to take a nap, and he just looked at her, and she took her one big breath, and that was it. And she, she was gone. And she went the most peaceful, most beautiful way possible. And I'm so grateful that I got to make her the flower. And I'm so grateful I got to spend as much time with her as I could. And, like, she literally has inspired me to be exactly her in the motorcycle industry. Like, this woman was so full of fucking knowledge as far as bikes. Like, everything Buddy learned, she learned with him. You know what I mean? And so she is the one that ordered all the parts. She was the one that ran the whole thing. And Buddy worked on them. And they worked on them together at one point. And then then she was just gone well then right before she left us she sat me down in the office and she's like please don't let buddy stop working on motorcycles and I was like I'm not I'm not he's not gonna stop working on motorcycles and she's like just well when my sister passed he stopped for a while and then I got him to do it again and then when my you know another family member passed he's quit for a while and I'm just really scared that he's not going to anymore after I'm gone and I was like no we got you like he's good right and then she passed and, like, then he, like, left the shop. 
and like he wouldn't go back and like he wasn't working and he wasn't no 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 and then then Harley called I can't fucking build this motorcycle by myself (laughs) like I can't do this by myself and so Harley called and I was like buddy guess what Gotta go to the shop, bud. You gotta fucking work. It's time to get to work. <laughs> and then it all started because I almost trashed the motor. So, because we don't have the motorcycle community here, we don't have the shops here. Yep. Buddy is our shop. There is nobody that sandblasts motors here. We got oil fill equipment companies that sandblast oil filled equipment. Yeah. Massive Those oil filled equipment. Those concrete cleaning truck. Yeah. So, like, so that's what I sandblasted hard. this motorway. That's awesome. <laughs> so I, like literally, we, it, it was like. white. Yeah. Dude. It was white when I It looked I like a marble. Oh my God! You took it to one of those big yes. rigs. I did. Would you just set it on a fucking pallet? No. Literally, you just let them fucking yes. go to town. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. There's a whole, there's a whole story attached to it. They, dude, I like, I. They couldn't believe it. They were like, No, no. we're not gonna do that. You're fucking crazy, no, woman. This guy, go back this, to your roses. Yeah. This guy literally was like, I can do it, and I was like, Really? And he was like, Yeah. And like, we talked about it. Like, we did some serious talking. I was like, Like, he could do what? He could take the motor part and do it, or he would just. No. Gonna do it because we, we take, plugged it. We, I Me didn't and Buddy take it apart. plugged it. Yeah, I didn't take it apart at all. Yeah. Like lots of hot glue, rags, tape, bolts. Literally just plugging every Sand. hole of this thing. Dude, Dude. blow at it. When we, we hot glue, we use like I, I picked know how this many thing up. I picked this thing up from the fucking thing. I picked I picked it up from him, and I was like. Oh my god, I fucked up so bad. I like literally was like, oh my god, I fucked up so bad. I put it in the truck and I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to call Harley. Like I was like so fucked up. Like, I, I was am like, an artist though. I'm an artist. I gotta so sculpt okay. it. Yeah. I just gotta sculpt it. That's all I kept telling myself. I was like, I just it just needs to be sculpted. It's just a blank canvas. I'm just gonna have to sculpt it now. And then so like, oh. got it home, got it on the table, and then I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do and. I was just was like, well, hopefully there's no sand in it. If there's no sand yeah, in it, we're hopefully. good, right? And so, buddy, we I immediately called buddy. I was like, buddy, all right, this the motors, you're gonna have to come look at it. <laughs> and then he shows up here, and then he's like, oh, that's interesting. And like, he's when like, you Harley meet, gave you that. When you meet buddy, <laughs> when you meet him and like talk to him, you'll know exactly what kind of reaction he had when he saw it, and he was like, well. Guess we're gonna have to take it apart now, and so we start taking it and apart. He's excited about that. Oh yeah, we start taking it apart. Oh my <laughs> god, yeah. dude! Sand. Sand. In this, oh my! Everywhere. This one, it had what five miles on it? Yeah. Yes. A burnout on Sand it. Sand everywhere. Oh. So my. we took it. I took it down to Buddy's shop. That's not just sand. That's it's like blasting media. Chunks yes. of stuff. Yes. It's blasting media. Yes. Oh my god. So we start taking it apart. Did you call your people and be like, no. hey, just for the record? I didn't fucking call a single person. Yeah, I kept that shit to myself. Yeah. I didn't post anything. <laughs> I did nothing. I wasn't calling nobody until oh. I knew it was trash. And then so, like, Buddy and I, like, we're all in there. We're taking it all apart. And, like, Buddy is like, I'm just over here like, so what happens now? Like, da 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 I'm, like, freaking the fuck out. And then he pulls it. Like, we get it all apart. And he's like, oh, oh, it's fine. I mean, it didn't run. We just cleaned it all out. And so at that point, it became a full motor rebuild. Yeah. And so full motor rebuild. Only thing I lost is the balancer bearings. It's a $20 part. 
not that big of a deal. He was able to just put them back and in so there. And so put the bearings back That's in it. That's what it looked like after Buddy and her. But also, <laughs> even though it looked like it was sandblasted, it was not. I spent another two or three weeks in there in Buddy's the shop, rest the, the rest there. of it off. But he got, like, the main part of it How off. How did you get the push rod tubes to... Did you just polish them or what? Buy new ones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Buy new ones. Yeah. Like, uh, I did keep the rocker boxes were chrome. And then after he sandblasted it, it had that hint of copper that was behind it. And yeah. I just loved the way it looked. And so I just kept that. But um, honestly, like, after I sandblasted it, we'd put it in the parts washer and we'd douse it in the parts washer and then set it aside. And like, so every single time that we were done sandblasting immediately to the parts washer and then set it aside and let it dry. And it kind of started bringing some color back to it. And then um, after we started getting it back together, it was just lots of sculpting. Basically we had to sculpt the motor to look like it was like an old twin cam or an old shovel head or like that's kind of what the idea I was going for was that blonde raw motor of what the older, you know, motorcycles had. And so <clears throat> just So they don't make any M8s like that. No. They're all black. They're all black. Well, I didn't They're even all black. That. Which if they are gonna start doing blonde motors they're gonna have to fix their casting because there's a lot of flaws in the casting whatever oh, really? yeah i thought it was the sandblasting that like there was like a lot of ripples and things where just the casted material you know mm -hmm. is just casted it still looks so sick but um lots of wd-40 and then whatever started it for the first time just letting all that burn in and then not cleaning off the fingerprints and not cleaning off all that stuff to just sculpt it into the motor it looks like now so and it'll just get better with time like the more and more it gets ridden and oil leaks on it and you know things get replaced and more fingerprints that are on it it's just going to keep burning in and it's just going to keep looking better and better so it's just going to be a process as far as getting the motor gun or to make it look as yeah. you know like an old twin cam but it like honestly I surprised myself because <laughs> I did not think that I could pull it off. Like, and I, Whoa. you, Moose was here. So we had a whole shop full of people the day that we started it. And like, just me, Buddy, and Josh were just like, oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Please don't. Please don't make any noises. Please don't make Josh, any noises. Josh, you had a good Please man. Don't any. Fucking Moose was down oh, here. Oh, my God. Moose saved the day. He, he oh, brought... he is a yeah. day saver. Yeah, he, he saved the day. He got me a sprocket, and uh, he, had the, he had the cover with it that we got made. With, it's got Cobra Customs on it. Yeah, we Buddy's put old logo. Buddy's it looks logo great. On it. That's what that it is. Great. Yeah, and then so, like, Moose came down, and when he came down, like, we still were trying to build the primary and get all that, you know, put back together, and so we were chain driving it, of course, and so I had to shave some of the primary down to get it to fit. It still slaps a little bit, but nobody will know until it's, I get it back home. It's self clear yeah, yeah, and so stop at some point. eventually, and then so he brought that down, and then we were able to fire it up. And like the first time we fired it, we were just like, "Oh, thank God!" Like, but also there's been instances in this shop where we fired some shit up and celebrated, and then turned it off, and then fired it up again, and then it started pooping oil out of the primary. So like, there's anything is possible in yeah, this fucking you're building shop. Building a motorcycle. Yeah. I mean. So 
a like, brand new one at that, you know? And then after that, it was just all tuning and then, like, putting it back together and, like, getting everything done. Like, I painted the whole thing myself because I paint these cars, and so it just, I felt like, yeah, I can fucking paint it. Are you painting it? Yeah, I painted it, all the patina, everything. Really? That's so that's a paint job? Yeah, it's a paint job. It's not actual patina. Wow. Yeah, it's real paint. That's okay. insane. Yeah, it took, I think, I spent a whole day doing it. Just in there with the scotch bright pad, spraying paint, mixing paint in a scotch. I'm an artist, and so I just paint. I sculpted it, basically. And so I was just using a scotch bright pad and all these different colors of paint and, like, rattle can paint. But I used, like, the badass, like, um, graffiti Montana cans, like, paint. So it had good paint on it. And just mixing this paint, dab, 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 mixing the paint, dab, 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 dab on the tank, and then just mixing some more. It was literally layers upon layers. And I wanted it to have the texture of rust, too. And so in order to build that texture of rust, you have to put so many coats of paint underneath it mm -hmm. so that way it curdles together when you're adding paint on top. And then I just fucking hit it with a spray clear in the shop, let it dry for five minutes, and then I put it on the bike. <laughs> oh like, I literally couldn't wait to put it on the bike to see yeah. what it looked like. Because I painted it, but I'd never... And that's all the stock uh, sheet metal? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, besides, like, the fenders or clockwork fenders, okay. the the console that runs down the, the tank, that's clockworks. Like, um, the tank is the stock, stock tank. Uh, the emblems I cut, like, mm -hmm. everything else was... We, I wanted to keep some stock aspects to it because I think... We should appreciate some of the stock aspects to motorcycles, and I didn't want to get rid of all of that. I mean, depending on how you talk to, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Those engineers spent thousands of hours time. designing it that way for a reason. Exactly. Yeah. So I kept a lot of some of the stock aspects, like in the bags. Like, I could have changed the bag little latch or whatever to something, like, more cool or whatever, but I wanted to keep some of those aspects to show mm -hmm. that this is a brand-new road glide. This is not, you know... An old twin cam road glide type thing. Like this is a brand new road glide, and so yeah, like the old, yeah. the old girl right Watch here. So, uh, so it's not like that. So I wanted you to be able to still see that, and, and so ride it. Like, yeah, it rips. Yeah, it's a functional. It rips hard. It's gonna be a long trip, long haul motorcycle. Yeah. Like you I already got the, I got a sissy Barbie main for it right now. Nice. Like all of the things, and so just don't open the bags until after I get them back, because I didn't clean up that part. <laughs> so <laughs> it looks nice on the outside, but if you open the bag, it's still got plastic weld on the inside. <laughs> uh, plastic weld? Yeah, because I chopped the bags. And oh. I did all the body work to it, too. Like, I chopped the bags. Because I had those long, drawn-out special bags. And I'm just not a fan of those. And so, like, chopped the bags, chopped the fender. Got rid of the struts, too. So, all of this, all of this is gone. Okay. So, the bags mount from the bottom just like this. But the struts are gone. So, you, it's so clean and tidy back there and just open, which is super That's nice. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think it turned out sweet, Thank and it's you. definitely got you all over. One hundred percent. I'm glad that my little comment, you know, was taken positively. Yeah, you know. mindset. <laughs>
Yeah. Thoughts, energy. It was well, good yeah, energy. No, I just, you know. Good energy. I thought it know? was a bit much, but I was also like, I can't just not say anything. I'm glad you did. I'm really glad you did. Honestly, I would not have went that route. I would have not have just been like, you know what, fuck it. They chose me for a reason. I'm going to just do me, you yeah. know? But, it, I mean, you can't please everybody. It's either people are going to love it or hate it, but it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's my motorcycle and yeah. I get to ride you it. like it? So, yeah, I love Does it. Does Buddy like it? I love it. Buddy loves it. Good. Buddy loves it. <laughs> my favorite thing, though, is when I tried to explain it to him, I was like, all right, buddy. And, like, he's sitting here and he's oh, in Oh, God, chair. you tried to tell him that while he's looking at a brand-new bike? Yeah, I was trying to explain <laughs> it to him how I wanted to do it. And this is a man of vision, and he's built some wild shit in his day. And so he's, like, sitting in this chair, and the bike is on this lift right here. And I was like, so this is what it's going to be. I was like, it's going to have this patina paint on it. It's going to flow into this and flow into that and all these different things. And he was like, well... I'm sure it'll look fine. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thanks, buddy. Thanks. That's literally all you that have to say about like it. sounds like a man but, right there. Yeah, um, sure. But, yeah, he, he loves it. What about the seat? So the seat, um, because I never painted her flower yellow. Oh, you never painted it yellow. I never got to paint it yellow. Um, I gave her the seat, a yellow seat, and then she loved my flowers. And so I sent my, my plasma design, that lace design that I have, I sent it to, to Ginger, I was like, do you think you could figure out a way to, like, put this design in the seat? And she was like, why don't we just cut it out, put new leather behind it? Like, she, like, literally made the lace print with leather on the seat. And so after Born Free Texas, I'm going to give Buddy the seat so he can have it. And it's kind of cool the the way they, I don't, spirit, I'm like a spiritual person. And so it was cool when the bike was unloaded at Born Free. I went by there on the... Friday before the show to pick up my passes and hang out with Brian, hang out with the girls from the museum, you know, all that stuff. And a monarch butterfly landed on the seat. So it was like she was there and she like she was like, Yeah, you did it. You good. That's you awesome. good. You and got so, him back in the shop. It's yeah, yeah, it's it's He was here last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's here all the time. He's That's smart. Awesome. He's actually going back and forth to Vegas now. Mm-hmm. So he's going back to Vegas. And really he's work- working more up there? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's doing stuff up there now. And then he comes home and he's like, oh, I'm back in Vegas. Like, he's living he's living his best life, you know? I mean, That's he took awesome. care of Deb for, you know, since she was diagnosed. And so he had spent motorcycles and taking care of her. And now he's like, he gets to, to live a little. He went to Born Free, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he went. He went and... You got uh, to see the bike on the lawn? Yeah, he did. He got to see the bike on the lawn, and he walks up to me, and instead of saying, oh, my God, the bike looks so good, he was like, there are so many fine-ass women here. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, watch out. There's a butterfly around here watching you. I know. Literally, he was like, he was like, there's so many fine-ass women here. He's like, I ain't getting shape. <laughs> It's what he's like. He's like, oh I ain't getting shape. I'm like, buddy, sounds like fun. He is. I'm telling you, wait till you have a conversation with him. He'll change your life. Like, just, like, the things that he's done, the stories and the the builds, the bikes, the their life. Oh, my God. They, like, their love story is, like, is the most incredible love That's story. So awesome. It makes you feel like your problems are fucking nothing, you know? Like, 
I mean, obviously, like, Josh and I have had a lot of issues over the last year. We've split up 15 times and gotten back together, and it's, like, one of those things that, like, that you hear their life, and it just makes you want to try harder. Yeah, it's like, yo, quit. It makes you want to say, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what are we doing? Like, why are we fighting about this? Why are we arguing about this? Like, look at Deb and Buddy, you know? Yeah. Look at their lives. Look at what they've accomplished. And they, like, they still bickered at each other and things, but, like, they really, truly took care of each other. And, like, there's no supportive fucking woman I've ever met in my life, the most supportive fucking woman of him and his career and, like, and building motorcycles and the life of just being a biker's wife. Like, that is, like, speaks volumes. The fact that she knew as much as him, like, they would sit in the in the fucking office and he would say something ramble off about something she's like no man da, 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 it's this it's da, da, da. you remember it shut off at this date and it was like not after 81 they didn't offer that anymore and i'm like <laughs> and he's like yep yeah, you're right you know yeah, they, they literally they they like i don't know it's just and she that had not would not have been her I life i was gonna say i got one like you know, like a woman like you're talking about, but she doesn't know the year dates. And mm-hmm. Yeah. But she's getting there. She's getting there, and but she'll she hang knows. out with you enough, and she'll figure it out. Yeah. But this is years. This yeah. was years and years Working and together. years of, Living like, together. you know, and she would, like, constantly talk about his, like, his time at the Harley School and, like, getting his, you know, certificate and, like, what they went through and, like, all of the things afterwards and all of just, it's just, their story is just so beautiful and I just like aspire to be half the the woman that she is in the industry and just I don't know it's just it's just crazy I can't for, I can't wait for you to meet them cool. I can't wait for you to meet them yeah his shop will blow your mind <clears throat> yeah you come down here that's yeah, he's awesome. he's just he's a good human he's well uh, do you have plans on building another bike I mean did that get you like you know, do you want to do that again? Oh, yeah, I want to do a chopper. you going to use the same sandblaster? Or? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, it's funny, though. The frame was super easy. Aircraft remover came off. I just yeah. set it out in the sun, and it did really good. The Just, like, certain parts, like, I had the motor apart just to test it with aircraft remover, and it did not fucking budge. I think yeah. the reason, there's, like, a top coat. Whatever they put on it. Well, it's, like, design. It's, like, a heat-treated paint that, like, hardens and... Mm. You know, it's not even. It looks paint. like powder it's coat. It's more like a. But it's not. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. Like a paste. It's terrible. Weird. I did find this chemical. It's like though. barbecue grill paint. Yeah. yeah. It came off but like nothing worse. with that aircraft remover. But it's. As far as the motor? No. Nothing. Yeah. Aircraft yeah. remover well, that's was what like. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm not touching this. The grill paint on it. Yeah. The it was terrible. Chassis paint. I mm-hmm. did find a chemical that you can take the old motor apart. This was before. <laughs> Okay, before I sandblasted it, I was like, oh, I found this chemical. You could take, we'll have basically have to take the whole motor apart and dip these parts in, but it sits in there for an hour and then you can pull it out and the powder coat comes off. It's yeah. what most, I guess, powder coat people use, right? Yeah. And then we were like, nah, because we really don't want to take the whole motor apart. What you ended up doing? No, we're going to fill it full of sand before we and take it apart. And then take it apart. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Oh Should have just did it right the first God. time. This well, is your lesson. Do it right the, the deal, first time. You know, this is your first time, mm-hmm. yeah, right? You know, like that's how you learn these things. Yep, yep. I mean, I think it's an awesome way to go about it. For know? sure. I mean, that's a big, big spring style. 
Yeah. For Take sure. Take it to that concrete cleaner. Yeah. They'll blast it for you. For sure. For sure. Oh, for that's sure. Awesome. No, it was. So it turned. It honestly, I'm very proud of the way it turned out, though. Too. It turned out really good. I am very, very proud of it. Yeah. And I'm not gonna do it. Like most people, like raffle them off or sell them. Nah, it's fucking. It's gonna be my kids' problem one day. I'm gonna leave it to nice. them. Keep it forever. It's the first thing I ever built. Yeah. You know, I can't get rid of it. Yeah, I wish I wouldn't have gotten rid of mine. Really? I tried to get it back a, a couple years ago. And they said no. He fucked it all up. Really? I was like, I don't even want to see it. Don't even fucking call me again. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Really? No. Yeah, he did. You know, I, it was just a twin cam, uh, <clears throat> a Heritage Classic, and I didn't do much to it. I painted it black, and the saddlebags, I took out all the... Uh, what do you call those little metal things? The little, um, like, rivet-looking style. The, yeah. Oh, it had leather bags on it. Yeah, so, yeah, bags, the rivets in the leather bags. See, soft bags. And I laced it with brown leather. Okay. You oh, know, so cool. just it was fucking really cool. Yeah. And then the guy sent me a photo, and he, he like, painted it blue with, like, wrinkle paint or, <gasps> you know... Fucked it all And then up. he took all the leather out and put all those fucking beads. Oh, I was like, God. dude, I would have fucking bought you another set of bags if I knew you were going to like. Because it took dude, a long... I like the leather I laced in. It was way bigger than the hole so that it would still be waterproof. Yeah. yeah. It looks sick. Yeah, I would have been mortified. I would have been, oh, I <laughs> I been mortified. No, no, I don't sell any motorcycles. Everything I got, I keep. But, so when I I traded him straight up for the chopper I'm on now, and when he gave it to me, it had a seat that he made, and it was a cool chopper. It had a bunch of like stainless cut into flames and mm. just trim pieces everywhere. The seat was made out of his his uh, Vietnam jacket, Holy or his war jacket crap. with the buttons on it. Oh and I ran God. it for a little bit, and it was you know it was cool, but it just didn't work. So it's been on the shelf for a long time. Good. Well, I just put that Sportster bike in the museum, the the dirt bike I built. Mm. And I pulled that fucking seat off the shelf. Because the seat that was on it was like fucking junk. And I mm. put that bike on it. Or put that seat on it and sent it to the museum. So then I reached out to him. But when I when we made the trade, he wanted to get rid of his, his hardtail, you know, the, the chopper I have now, which is the only thing original is the, the frame, the straight leg frame and the rear wheel. Mm-hmm. Maybe the carburetor. Yeah, and everything else has been changed, but yeah. he had to get rid of his hardtail, and he wanted a softtail, so he just wanted to trade, because he had gotten, like, cancer, and his back was all fucked up. So anyways, I tried to send him the picture of his fucking seat in the Harley-Davidson Museum. Damn. He's fucking dead. He didn't get that shit. Oh, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn, I should have put a different seat on there. He fucked up my bike anyway. That's all right. No, it was cool. It was cool to, like, you know, because that seat is rad, and, you know, bunch of people get to see it now that's just i love motorcycles i love motorcycles yeah, i love too. the stories i love i love hearing shit like that i love that you can just do whatever the fuck you want to them and it's like okay like yeah. you can just make a seat out of your old war jacket yeah. and it's just like okay you know it's I mean? just sitting on the sports like i didn't even connect it like it's just like when i put the bike in the truck that picked it up the seats laying on the ground and the fucking the little center stand or kickstand because it doesn't have one they hit when it got to the museum. They're like, uh, "How's this thing supposed to stand up?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I lean it on shit." And they're like, <laughs> "Oh, can we build something?" I'm like, "You guys can do whatever you want." Yeah. You know? He said, 
Yeah, go buy a wheelchair. Yeah, like fucking, you got walls in there, right? You know? That's mm-hmm. so funny. They're like, oh, this is a museum. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. Is that the Harley Museum? Mm-hmm. Where is it at? I was just up there speaking to the STEM students. I would actually, have you, have you ever dealt with any of the kids that live in the neighborhood next to the university? Oh my God, you should. They're so incredible. They're just like absolutely incredible to be around. I was, uh, I went up to the university to speak to the Harley STEAM students. What are the STEAM students? Uh, it's like, um, like I forget the, it's an acronym, but they just added A for art, but it has to do with like technology and like just careers. It's based around career or whatever. And they had like a whole like trades. Yeah, art and like um, technology. I don't know. I have to look up the meaning for it but um so they had like a whole day filled with all these different things that they could do in a career and like activities within it to kind of get them you know opened up to them and a lot of these kids have like bad like bad like home lives or like not all in milwaukee yeah no, no you never guess but um <laughs> some of them have been in they're in like the same situations i came out of as a kid and so like seeing them and then like that area like i th- i really feel like there should be, like, some sort of program that opens up within Harley, like, called, like, Love Thy Neighbor, and it's only open to Harley-Davidson neighbors, like, the neighbors of Harley-Davidson, you know what I mean? To give these kids an opportunity because, like, you know, I didn't get a chance. I never had a fighting chance, you know what I mean? But, like, some of these kids, when they turn 18, 19 years old, they're left to just fucking fend for themselves Mm -hmm. and, like, make their own life for themselves and, like... It would be cool to open up a program, like maybe called Love Thy Neighbor or whatever, for these neighborhood kids to come in and be able to, like, take a class as a high school student within the university to do um, things on the line, on the production line, like, you know, not like tech jobs or working on, like, mechanical things, but giving them a job within the factory or jobs within whatever areas where it's entry-level position, but training them in high school, you take a class, you get a college credit, I mean, uh, not a college, a high school credit for it, and then after you graduate, Harley gives them a job on the plant floor on, you know, the assembly line somewhere or within peril or in a dealership working, you know, at the counter, customer service, something like that gives them a head start Mm -hmm. to maybe decide what their next chapter is, right? These kids are incredible. Oh, my God, the gap. We always go back to that gap. There's two girls there. They had their notebooks on the table, and they were in the apparel part of designing a T-shirt within the steam thing. Oh, my God. This little girl had her artwork, and I was like, is this you? Did you draw this? She's like, yeah. She's like, but it's not any good. You need to look at my friends. And I was like, no, 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 I want to look at yours. And she's like, no, 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 you don't want to look at this. You want to look at my friends. And her friend, she pulled her friend's notebook away from her, and she's like, look at my friends. Don't look at mine. I was like, do you think, why, why don't you want me to look at yours? And she's like, it's not any good. Hers is good. And I was like, but yours is really good. Like, it's really, really good. These girls are like 9, 10, yeah. 11 years old, right? She is so, somebody, if we don't feed that now, she could be fucking the next person that creates the next line for Harley Davidson in 20 years and may create something that would change the whole outlook of Harley Davidson apparel. We don't know this because we got to feed it, right? Mm -hmm. So because of these girls, I was like, man, there's got to be some sort of program that Harley can fund just for their neighbors, 
not like open up to the public, not nothing, just for the neighbors of Harley Davidson. <clears throat> Do you know Jeremy Frack? I don't think so. He's the one that does Flat Out Friday. Yeah. And he works with, you know, students. You know, the alternative educations, you know, the kids that don't really go well in the standard school. education. Yeah. Kid. Yeah. Like us. Yeah. You can say that about him too, right? Alternative yeah. education. Yeah. We're all <laughs> alternative <laughs> education students here. Uh, but, you know, he does some beautiful things up there. I always say Prack for president because he would be such a good leader. I mean, he just is a good leader. But he does this thing in the neighborhood in Milwaukee, and it's a 24-hour bike race where he, it's like, the main goal of this bike race is not the race, it's not the bikes, but it's the community. It's like bringing the community together. So they do a 24-hour bike race around the neighborhood. But then there's groups in the neighborhood, like the neighbors get together and they set up like little obstacle courses that you can stop and do. You know, So it's not whoever does the most laps in the 24 hours, it's whoever collects the most points doing the challenges that everybody in the neighborhood sets up. And That's cool. It's it's really cool. I'm not doing it justice at all. But like hanging out with him in his neighborhood and just seeing everybody on the street just like, dude, there's having hey, Jeremy, a good time. Yeah. Hey, you know, just oh like God. happy to see him and like you know, he's doing some amazing things with the people of Milwaukee, you know. In and, his neighborhood. You know, in his neighborhood right there. I love that. That's so, love he's that. an amazing, amazing person. There was like a one, there's a, so there was a couple of community um, centers that were there with the kids. Mm-hmm. And these were all the neighborhood kids, but that are involved in this community center. Oh my God, I met the most angel, angelic woman on the planet, which I need to call her at some point um, to chit chat with her, but. This woman, oh, my God, she teaches these kids money management skills and, like, how to get a job and, like, all of these things. But could you imagine if we had just one extra step to where these kids, when they're in high school and they're at these centers and they're learning all these things with her, they can go to the Harley-Davidson University. They can learn how to... Harley-Davidson, oh, the Harley-Davidson University. University. Yeah, yes. okay, okay. The university, not just the neighborhood around uh, House of Harley, not just the neighborhood around whatever. I'm talking about the neighborhood kids that are around the university. Mm-hmm. Those kids, because they came there, and they were all so quiet and just in the shell. Because, you know, like, kids that are, like, abused or come out of abusive situations or come out of homes where their parents are abused or abusing drugs or any of those kinds of things, they're very reserved and quiet and have boundaries. Mm-hmm. You don't want to cross those boundaries because I'm not going to allow myself to be emotional with you because being emotional gets me punished. Right, it's how a lot of these kids function, how I function, how we all function whenever we're we come out of those situations. That woman is doing incredible things with these kids' confidence, and even like there too, like she had all of their phones in her purse. That's awesome. All of them, yeah. every single one. They had to come to the table and ask for their phone, and she's like, "Well, what are you gonna do? Yeah. What are you gonna do with it? Like, what are you gonna, you know, what?" What are what are the rules? And she like has them, you know, repeat back something, and then she gives them their phone. But she like slides her purse to them; they take their phone, which I thought was so incredible. But that that bond and that trust that was there of her just sliding her purse over and letting yeah. them get their own phone was fucking incredible. So like the trust that she's built with them is absolutely insane. So could you imagine if we just gave them that one extra step? Harley, they were in there already mm-hmm. with Harley; they're already exposed to it. There's a certain 
thing that happens when you expose children to motorcycles. Yeah, I mean, it, I think that that program right there is doing that, you know, showing them, just put, letting them put the foot in the door. Yeah, giving them that little bit, just yeah. give them that little bit, and then say, oh, at the end of this, like, you know, when y'all get in high school, we offer these courses, and then you can come work for us. Entry-level yeah. positions, start out, you know, and you make, they make decent money, the jobs are there, and if they can give those neighborhood kids a chance, a fighting chance of life to give them something really positive to do that could turn into a career if they really wanted it to within Harley-Davidson versus giving them the time to get out of high school and find their first block to sell drugs on. Yeah. Or, you know, the first time that they're with their friends and, you know, something happens and they go to jail. You know what I mean? And then it starts that chain reaction of becoming a product of their environment. And, you know what I mean? It mm -hmm. gives them that first step to making a positive choice for their life, which is what that lady's doing in the center. And it just carries on because after 18, like, there's nothing else. Like, you can really offer them at that point. They have to make their own decisions and live their own life, giving them that little opportunity which helps Harley out anyways, because they need jobs filled, you know what I mean? So why not give it to your neighborhood kids? Give it to your kids that need a fighting chance, you know? You know, my dad taught me a long time ago about like, you know, spending your energy, your time, and your money in your neighborhood, you know, mm -hmm. like keeping that shit around you, you know, like helping the people out directly next to you, you know, will in turn help you and the people around you out, you know, mm -hmm. keeping that home. And, you know, and that's, that's applying those principles right there. Oh, you yeah. Know? I mean, my old neighborhood was like that. Mm -hmm. I was the loudest fucking person there. Uh, I mean, I would have my shop open until all hours of the night, just blaring the same fucking song on repeat for right two weeks. Right here in Big Springs? Mm -hmm. Yeah, right here in Big Springs. Like, literally, if I'm going through some shit, I work it out through art and music. And so, you know, my neighbors would sit there and listen to me play a song on repeat for two weeks while I created a piece because my heart was broken. You know what I mean? And then... You know, show up. You listen at, to the same song for two weeks. Oh fuck yeah, dude! I'm I'm fucking crazy. What song? Any song. It just keeps me in that mood of depression. So that way, it's whatever the fuck You know, like literally, like there was a, an instance where I lived at that old house. So my old house was tiny. It was like this little square, six hundred square foot house, but it had a shop. And so I always joked that the shop was mine, and I slept on the couch because the kids. I gave the kids a room. So for five years, I slept on my own couch, and just kept my shop. And so, like, this one instance, oh, I just got broken up with. My heart was fucking shattered. Everything was just falling apart. You know, your world is just falling apart. And so I was listening to this song, just creating in my shop. And it was, the song was titled, I'm Not Okay. So you can only imagine oh how fucking bad that song was. And so in order to get my attention, because the music's so loud and what I'm doing, don't walk up and you tap me. You can't touch me because you're going to fuck up my cut, right, or whatever I'm working on. So you just go come in and turn my music down. And then I know you're there. And then I can address you after I'm done with my cut. So yeah. they know this. <laughs> There's Every no mommy in here, motherfuckers. No. So... My neighbors and, like, the neighborhood kids and, like, all of everybody have kind of caught on to that. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when the neighborhood kids would wonder in, hey, Miss Ray, what are you doing? They would turn on my music to let me know that they were there. Same way with my neighbors. And then the neighbor, my shop was literally like this to the house next door to me. So, like, the they got. Not your house, the house the old, next door to the you. The house next door to me. And so they got all the blunt 
end of any creating that I did. And some pieces were so big, they would I'd have to build them in my driveway because they wouldn't fit in my shop. And so, like, that one stint, I've never had a single complaint from a neighbor. They all loved me. I did anything for them. They did anything for me. That one day, my music gets turned down. And I was like, oh, okay, it's the kids, whatever. I lift up my hood, and she's standing there. My neighbor's standing there, and she's got her arms crossed. And she's like, look. And I was like, hi. And she was like, we get it. Okay, we get it. He broke your heart. Okay, we get it. Everybody in the neighborhood gets it. We all hear it. Everybody hears it. Can you please change that fucking song? <laughs> and I was like, touche. Okay, yes, ma'am. Oh and so my I, like, at that point, I was like, oh, okay, so everybody's listening to the music too. <laughs> no, they're listening to your life, they're paying attention to everything. So after that, I became more conscious about what I was listening to, especially when the house came up for oh, sale. Oh, that, that's when you realized that everybody was in on it? You everybody's know? in that, on it. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's a part of what it. you got yeah, going on. everybody's in on it. And you're, then not, I, you're not just in your own little world? No, not anymore. It wasn't just spinning around you? <laughs> and then the, the house across the street came up for sale, and I was like, whoever lives there has to be like all my other neighbors. Otherwise, I'm fucked, right? Like, if I get a Karen that moves in there, like, I'm just... That means you have to be working every time they start showing that house. Yes. So I did. Yeah. (laughs) Along with the music choices. Like, I would see the realtor driving down the road because of the way that the shop was um, facing the road. I could see them pull up, like, come down the road and pull up. She so I would change out. the music to, like, devil music. <laughs> like, oh my all kinds of shit. <laughs> oh, my God. So that way they think this wild, crazy, you know, person is just working across the street, and we can't let our young children be around this, yeah. you know what I mean? Like just that stare kind of at him with your mask on. Outside, yeah. <laughs> I just stand in the door like this, and I'm just playing Dax. It's, like, rap music, like, as loud as possible, you know, volume possible. And they, like, walk in with their little kids, like, come on. Look at that lady. Oh, my gosh. She's crazy. Let's run inside. You got another one of these houses? (laughs) Yeah. This isn't it. We don't even want to look at it anymore. Maybe the street over. Yeah. It was pretty funny. That was really interesting. I lived there for five years, and so I built my career there. So I built my career with my neighbors, and, you know, I the neighbors is a big deal. Even here now, like, the corner neighbor over here, this is my kid's school nurse. You know what I mean? Like, the neighbors across the street, like, Josh's dad spent the night like with them over here when the people that lived here were kids and they stayed in that house in the basement and Mm -hmm. like so like even them like we do all this stupid motorcycle stuff and we're loud and we're constantly like I mean he's we're stunt riding out here Cash is doing wheelies and like all of that kind of stuff and so I like I asked her one day because it used to be this calm quiet neighborhood and then we moved in and I, now I've got this art, music, and, like, things, and motorcycles, and stunt riding. And if you look, there's, like, so many donut marks over there. That's nice. all us, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I, like, was hanging out with her. I used to buy eggs for my neighbor across the street over here. And I was like, can I ask you something? And she was like, yes, ma'am. And I was like, are we loud? Do, are, am, I, am I bothering you? Like, do we bother you over there? And she's like, girl, when we get in that back bedroom and we take our hearing aids out, we don't hear a shit. You just keep doing your best life. And I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Yeah, so we got the good neighbors here, too, which is great. I got a por- pitchfork I have to fix for a, a boy. He has his horses down the street over here. Oh, and like so an he, actual functioning pitchfork. Yeah, yeah. I, like he brought it to me last week, but we were popping fireworks and I couldn't do anything. And I was like, well, bring it to me and I'll fix it. And so he brought it to me today to weld his fork back on his 
pitchfork, you know, and he's like, how much are you going to charge me, Miss Ray? I'm like, a lot. I'm not going to charge you anything. Come on now. You know me better than that. Uh, and some so, chicken feed. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. So, yeah, okay. take care of the neighbor. Well, I appreciate you guys having me over. Of know? course. Of you course. know, you guys reached out. Was that two? In, it was almost three years ago now. Because it was when I was riding to you California. And you stayed at the Settles, right? I stayed at the Settles, yeah. yeah. But I couldn't remember. Was that on my way out there or was that you on, were on my your way, way back? Out. You were on your way out. Um, That's what I was thinking. Because it was fucking like 20 degrees yeah, or some cold. shit. Yeah, it was cold. I was going like, because I made it from my house to here. And I left in the morning. Oh, my God. You know, I wasn't, I was stopping for coffee every time I saw a gas station. Mm. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was, it was cold. Because that next morning, I remember starting my bike up. It was like 17 degrees or 27. It was cold. Fucking cold. I couldn't believe my bike started so easy. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah, I reached out because I saw you were passing through. And I was like, what the fuck? You're here. And so I reached out to see if you wanted to hang out or do something. I can't even remember. Let's yeah. stop by. Maybe just offer him a place. Yeah, you're yeah, just like, hey, we're here. Got, we're we got here. a shop. If you need anything, yeah. we're here type yeah. thing. So, and now you're back in Big Spring America again. Welcome back. Yeah, Come back for y'all. <laughs> Welcome back. The Settles is a cool spot. It, it is. is. The set, they just redid that, like, uh, within the last, probably, what, five mm-hmm. years or so, it's six years. It's been a little been while. Maybe it has been longer than that. But it was once, like, completely abandoned. All of that whole downtown area oh, yeah. was, like, basically it, My buddy town. said it used to be a whorehouse, and they would come here in the 80s. Across the street. Yeah. So that was, like, across the street. It wasn't in the settles? It wasn't in the settles. It was, like, across the street. It was, like, a big deal. Like, it, everybody in town knows about it. Like I, they heard, came... I heard the top two floors were a brothel. I don't know. Yeah, he said he would go upstairs in That's the settles. That's what I heard. He really? said there was, like, a, this old elevator man, and, like, he was, like, and all we know that he was, like, fooling us around, and he would take one of us up, and then when he was done, he'd take him down, like, he thinks that they were using the same girl, but the guy would, like, act like, you know. But also, there's a lot of rumors surrounded the, the Settles Hotel. Somebody said that some chick jumped out of the top story window and died. Well, people definitely jumped off that building during the Great Depression. I don't. To commit suicide. I don't think That's so. Right. People were jumping off every tall oh, building yeah. to commit suicide. But in, I don't think this one. Yes, this one. This was like the only thing to jump off of in between Dallas and L.A. <laughs> That's true. People were jumping off that yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, you're right, you're right. But there was uh, Marilyn Monroe stayed there. JFK stayed there. Elvis Presley stayed there. Uh, so at yeah, one point, it was Yeah, because it's the only fucking place in between Dallas and El Paso. It was know? once the... There's a lot of history here that people don't know about. People just associate there's this a place with... I mean, Big oh. Spring, Comanche history. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like well, one of the watering holes of the fucking Great Plains, the Comancheria. Like, it was like... There's been traffic around here for a long time. Well, and you know time. that main street that the Saddles is on was once called the Broadway of America. At one point, that highway was the only, that was a highway, and it was the only road that stretched across America to get to L.A. You had to go through Big Spring to get to L.A. That was the only highway, like yeah. literally, and it held the first gas station that was ever put on a highway, well, too. Well, that's because of the spring here. Mm-hmm. They had to fucking water their horses, and there's no way to get <laughs> from the east to the west without, without water. water. So they had to come through the big spring. Yeah. 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 There's, a, there's a lot of 
cool history here. I get asked all the time why I live here because I ran away here. That's how I ended up here. I ran away oh, here. You ran away to here. Yeah, I ran away to here. Uh, whenever I was in, I'm from you Dallas. People Fort come Ontario. here; they're hiding. Yeah, I literally hid. That's literally <laughs> what a I good did. Place for that. I literally did that. I like wow. I lived in Dallas Fort Worth and it was uh after my stripper days. Chloe was, you know, probably about 3 or 4 at the time and I was uh eating with her at Waterburger in Fort Worth, Texas, like I normally do and some of my high school bullies came in. And at the time I had just left a, I had already been out of the strip club for a while cuz she was a couple of years old. I did that whenever she was a baby. And so we're in there and like you know dudes don't fucking let shit go. Mm-hmm. They they don't care. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They don't let shit go. And so I'm eating eating lunch with my kid or eating whatever it was I was eating with my kid and then they walked in, ordered their food, and then threw their chains on the table and said, like, you know what to do. This is your money. If I can take off your clothes in front of my kid. And so, like, and but there was other things that were going on in my life, too, that people just, my reputation was that, that of the stripper. So before the stripper, it was the homeless, smelly kid. You know what I mean? Like, it was always, I always had something attached to me while being there. And so after that, I was like, that's it. Yeah, I'm done. And so why I picked here of all places? Like there could there was be water. There was no water. <laughs> There's no water, water now. There's no water now, but um I I just wanted a new start and I ended up here and then it just like it felt like home. It always I mean it's always kind of felt like more home than any home I've ever had. And yeah. then I started waitressing and then after waitressing here, I went to college. I went to a deaf college here. There's a deaf college here. And so I actually went to school to be a sign language interpreter and went to the deaf college and then dropped that and tried to get in welding and then was a waitress. I was the town's tow truck driver. Like, literally, like, just made a home here, and I've just been here ever since. It's awesome. Yeah. I like it. So welcome to Big Spring. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. There is a lot of history here. There is. There is. There's a lot of history. And the people are good. Yeah. The people are good. I know the town's ugly. A lot of people talk about how ugly it is in West really? Texas, but for years I would always. It's so when I first started riding my bike out here, I used to play in Midland a lot, mm-hmm. and I would never stop at Big Springs because it was like just close enough to where I could make it to Mid. Like I didn't need to. I had enough gas to get to Midland, and uh, but I always thought it just looked intriguing off the highway because you can see almost the whole city. damn city. You know, all the buildings are like the same color. Like, there's something going on over there. Mm-hmm. And then when I started riding my chopper, I had to stop here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, of course. <laughs> you got to get gas right here. You have to. Yeah, uh, no, I like the people. And then I found that Harley dealership. Oh, you went to it? Yeah. While it was open still? Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, That's good. Long, well, not a long time ago, but yeah, I went through it. That's right. It Maybe that was on my... No, that was It was on, on your chopper. chopper. You I were on your so. chopper. Well, I can't do... When I came through... when. Two years ago, it was closed because <coughs> I remember looking for it and like couldn't find it. And they had just closed because it, it had just closed right before. Yeah, that. we were helping them. Yeah. The uh, sign was still up. Yeah, you know. is the just, sign still up? Did you guys no. take it? No, it's gone. I do have some of some of the stuff in the house, like the rug in front of the sink is one of the rugs from that dealership. Nice. Like we do have pieces of the dealership in the house, and like that press has been there. Yeah. Ever since they have been doing like uh We're in a podcast. But you can ever come since in here. Been you doing can come business. in here. My daughter just walked in for anybody that's listening. Hello. Um Hello. yeah, no, like that dealership, like Robert and like yeah, they like 
they're huge friends of ours. Like, like. And you work there? He so he works with me now oh, just to right. like piddle. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's he's retired. Yeah, he's retired. He's retired. Like, they sold the building. Like he's got a bike. Vicky just stays and, at home and like remodels the house and like does things yeah. or whatever and like just her own little thing and then he just can't sit at home. Now was it the first Harley dealership in Texas or was it the oldest? oldest. I just know it was the oldest one. It was the oldest. I don't know. If it's the oldest, it's got to be the first, maybe. Not necessarily so. No. Well, yeah, you could have some that started first. Because they could have started way more and just stopped. You're right. You're right. But, I mean, like you said, Big Springs had some some big potential, you know. He's got some great stories, you know. know, And he gives me a new one every day. Once upon a time, this town was booming. The airport here. That's why the settles is there. They don't build build big buildings like that unless Unless it's booming. Unless shit's happening. And there's oil out here. Well, and the the airport here that's now abandoned, that's where we stunt. That's our stunt lot now. But at one point, it was a massive Air Force base. Mm -hmm. And then the Air Force base closed down and moved out. And when they moved out, it took everything with it. And then the whole town just started And I bet that that was here because... El Paso was so far away. Yep. It was like a gas stop for them. They needed it. Now the planes can go further. And mm-hmm. They don't need it no more. They don't need it no they more. That's the only reason people stop here is for fuel. Yeah. yeah. And so Jason Momoa stopped here and got fuel one time. Yeah, gas, huh? <laughs> yeah it was all over fucking Big Spring trading posts and pages on Facebook. Like, Facebook had a fucking heyday with that. Like, all of our locals within Big Spring had a heyday with that. Momoa's in town. Yeah, yeah, just for a second, just to get gas. Uh, he was like, going through to go to Dallas to pick up a knife from somebody that he had made. He was going to Nick's house. Yeah. Went and picked up a knife from Nick, shot yeah. some shot some video with him. Yeah, so he was here. We should be getting to see that. Soon, I think. Soon. Yeah. Yeah, he stopped at this gas station by the airport on the on I-20. Nice. Yeah, everybody made a big deal out about that. Um, who else? Uh, they filmed something here. Uh, a while ago too film people fucking love this place yeah, like hardly any commercial I've shot out here any television anything that comes out here they love it out here really? they're like this is such a hidden gym like you have so much to video yeah, it's just so far from any airport or mm-hmm. just to Midland. get here. Midland yeah. is the closest airport and even like still whenever I leave when I fly out I have to take three or four flights to get anywhere because I gotta start in Midland fly to an international airport and then get on that plane to go so wherever. you go straight to DFW right? Or I guess you might go to Houston. El Paso or Lubbock. Sometimes. No it's usually Houston or Dallas is yeah, where I usually go. Oh, Houston yeah. or Dallas. Houston. So and then that flight from Houston or Dallas to here to Midland is like an hour hour and a half usually mm-hmm. it's not anything well Dallas it's like 45 minutes but from Houston it's like what, an hour Midland is another 40 minutes yeah it's just like 45 minutes from here yeah, yeah it's not far cool it's easy I drove yeah, there today and back is that where you were is it Midland no I did go get parts dude I swear that Midland Odessa stretch of 20 is like one of the gnarliest sections it's crazy. of the fucking interstate. It's, it's crazy right now. Too, there's, there's like fucking riches laying on the road. Those fucking trucks, they don't give a you shit. You know, it's like one of the deadliest highways in America. Huh. Even though it's as straight as what it is, the crashes that have happened there are fucking crazy. Because yeah, like, everybody's going fast as fuck, and there's giant trucks filled with water, with tools, and like sand. Sand. shit falling off yeah. of trucks. I swear I've seen like giant I saw a fucking ladder on the road out yeah. there. I was going through one time like just tailgating a 
a flatbed 18 wheeler. It didn't have anything on it. And I'm like, I get over, because he's in the fast lane, and I'm like, well, fuck, maybe I can pass him in the slow lane. As soon as I get over, and I'm from me to that red bike from the back of this truck. I get over, and he runs over a giant tire tread that flies up, that went right at my body level. Like, would have just taken me off my bike if I hadn't have just got over, and I just see it fly right next to me. I'm like, oh, my God. Are you kidding? You're it's not, you shouldn't tailgate 18 wheelers, period. No, but no, definitely but not on that stretch of highway. Yeah, it's a, I actually will not even ride that part of the interstate. Like, I will get on any other highway anywhere else, but I've worked so many crashes right there. Intense body parts coming out, things that our bodies should not be doing crashes on that interstate. And so, like, I will not, I will ride the fucking access road all the way to Midland. I don't give a so fuck. So, speaking of Nick, the knife guy. Last time I rode that stretch, it was me, Nick, and my buddy Al, mm -hmm. and it was like two o'clock in the morning. We've been eating mushrooms all the way oh back to Mexico. <laughs> you know, lights don't work for shit, and I'm following a tour bus. Just like, you know, the tour bus will move if there's something in the way. Yeah. You know, just fucking keep up. Guide me, tour and, bus. And before we got to that stretch, I told the guys, I was like, all right, just for heads up, like this next stretch of highway is like, you know. There could be fucking anything out there, right? Mm -hmm. So we're fucking rolling, and that tour bus is like, like changing lanes and going around trucks. And like, we picked the right fucking bus to follow, you know? And we stop in between Midland and Odessa, and uh, Nick goes, All right, Nick was just like, Dude, we were going 90, 95 that whole fucking time. And I'm just like, Yes! You know? <laughs> They were like, we're getting a hotel. We're not going to keep... I was ready to go <laughs> all the way home. You're like, we're getting a hotel. We're done. Okay. I, My third eye was working good that night. I am i don't know what it is about that one stretch. Uh, that one stretch, I just can't... I can't get on it. Like, I can't... Yeah, if you work the tow it. truck around... I mean, the fucking rig workers. Like, everybody's working fucking 18-hour shifts and just... It's terrible. It's terrible. But next time you come, though, we need to take him to Outback. You would love Outback. They serve food? No. We got it right now. No. They serve food. Outback. Outback. <laughs> not we'll the, not the steak place. Uh, Outback is an adventure park. It's like for dirt bike or like adventure bike. Oh, you bikes, were telling me about Adventure bikes. Is it the one you can see off 20? Yeah. yeah. That big ass lake bed. The big yeah, ass red lake bed. Yeah, 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 we got yeah. a key. Damn, it would be good for the sports tour when I get back to Milwaukee. But you could even take the adventure bike. You can take the Pan Am there. Yeah, you can take the Pan Am in it. Like, did you look at the tires on that thing? No, I haven't got to check it out yet. Oh my god, I'm I'm ready to look at it. I just gotta make it. I gotta go from here back home, and then I gotta I'm gonna put it on a trailer, take it to Red River, New Mexico, and then ride it to Santa Fe, and then I'll get new tires. Damn, then I'll get new tires. The front one's probably fine, but that rear one. Yeah, she's toasty. Those well, those aggressive off-road tires, they just... They, they don't just, last on the street. Dude, those heavy bikes, it's got so much fucking torque. Mm -hmm. You know, it just How heavy is the panel? Like you can six, pick it up. It weigh about 600 pounds. I can't touch the ground. Well, 650. I literally sit on it like a child. Like, both of my legs, neither and one of them touch the ground. that's how I learned how to ride dirt bikes. You really? Know? Yeah, it will get you a block. When you decide to stop riding it, you, you can pull back up block. next to the block. Yeah. You know? I saw this video of this girl. She uh, She's on a Pan Am. She's my size. To pull up to a red light, she would literally put the kickstand down before she stopped. And then she would set it on the kickstand. And then as soon as she went to take off again, she'd just let the clutch out just a little bit to get it going. And then she'd put the kickstand up and <laughs> fucking get going. I was like, I need to be her. 
no way. Yeah, it's so sick. So sick. She's tiny, too. Teeny, I teeny, can't tiny. even do that. Yeah, teeny, tiny. Because when I take off the <laughs> kickstand down, the fucking bike dies because there's a sensor down there. <laughs> yeah, she literally kicked it out. I'll find the video and send oh, it to you. I believe it. I've seen people do that. Yeah, it was wild. It was wild. And she te- and then she'll just sit on the bike, like at the stoplight with the yeah, kickstand down. Up. And she's just like kicking her feet like some little kid. And then she just waits for the lights to turn green, lets the clock well, You can ride this go. one. Brian Helm, he's already dropped it so many times. You really? Know, you, you're not going to scratch it. Yeah. You can't treat any bike worse than I treat my bike. You know? I, <laughs> I guess we're I on the same page. I guarantee you that. <laughs> I guess we're on the same I page. I don't have any bike that looks like that. I've already dropped it twice. Nice. Well, then it handles it good. free. I mean, I Texas. feel like that's the ultimate test. Like, can your bike fall on the ground without fucking something breaking? Oh, you know? I fucking dropped it at Born Free, Texas. Like, we, okay, in so. In the grass? Yeah, yeah, in the grass. That's impressive. We were, do you You're remember? like, check out my motorcycle. There, you remember that band? It was the Ives Brothers did the thing, and then there was, like, a band that played on that he stage. He played like, with the Ives Brothers. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was you. So you oh, were in playing. Texas. In yeah. Texas. You had that bike in Texas? Yes. Okay. So you were playing yeah. at the Ives Brothers. And you that's fell right. down? No, we finished, we finished watching you, and then we were like, all right, it's time to go. Because we only got to spend one day there, because I had to work, everybody had to work, and so we only mopped down there for one day, spend the night, like, whatever. So, anyways, we're walking back to the bowl, right, where everybody was parked, and nobody, most of everybody were gone. Thank God, right? Okay, so most of everybody. Yeah, because that was the idea. We were supposed to play to get everybody out of the bowl. Yeah, so everybody got out of the bowl, right? And except for we were still there. So initially, whenever I pulled up, there was like this sand pile, like right in front of my front tire, and okay. I kept thinking to myself like before I leave. Pile. You know, okay. they make them little mounds about that big. But They're it not was a massive. Human pile. Yeah. yeah, but it was massive. Okay. Like it was a big pile, and so I kept thinking to myself, I got to back out of here. I don't want to go over it because I'll slip. Because this thing is heavy and I'm a tiny person, and so we left. Didn't think about it. Rode right over. You were it. so distracted by that good music you had just heard. It was. You were just thinking about the. I was like, train. man, that guy was so good. And then the whole front tire sank in this little hole, and then it just went boop. Like the handlebars just it went boop, and then much. I went down. Yeah. And then so he's in my Lexus screaming at me, pick it up. And I was like, I'm fucking trying. This fucking thing's heavy. I could Pick it up. Not. There's people watching. Yeah. Nobody was watching yet. Nobody was watching yet. The Good. first time. Oh, the first time. So I uh, I was trying to pick it up. Couldn't pick it up. It was he get off his flat bike. over because the, the bar Crash had gone bar into the gr- into the sank grass. into the ground. Oh, yeah. So that it was on back. fertile ground of Both the wheels oh, off yeah. the ground. So it was heavy. So yeah. got it up. I got on it, and I was like, well, now I'm going to have to ride over the other, you know, the tire over the backside. Oh, yeah. This fucking You're only halfway pile, there. Right? So I got <laughs> fucking rode right over it. Fuck fell over again. <laughs> In the same spot. In the same, same spot. Hole. And now, the, you know that hill? Yeah, where all, all the cabins are at. All Everybody those, was looking at you. These fucking dudes just start running down this hill. They're like, like she needs like, help. No. They thought I was stealing a bike. They literally thought that we were oh down there my stealing gosh. a motorcycle. That's so even all better. All these fucking people That's just start running down this better. hill. And I'm just like, oh, my God, my fucking bike's on the ground. Especially, it's like, El Diablo. And, like, I just got this fucking thing. And, like, it's two wheels off the ground. Both oh of the wheels were off the ground. Gosh. Crash bar sank on the bags. And all these people people are just running down this hill. And I was like, oh, my God, everybody's going to know it's me. I was just like trying to pick up this bike and they were like, I, what are you doing? I was like, it was just, 
I just dropped my bike. It's just me. And they did not, I don't know if they knew it was me, but I was like, I just dropped it. No big deal. And they're like, oh man, we were thought somebody was stealing it. And I was like, no, it was just me. <laughs> Picked up the bike and That's just rode right so out of there. Good. And then as I'm leaving, you know, there's like so much gravel. And I was like, I swear to God, if I drop this bike again, I'm going to fucking die. Well, it's not going to take it as easy in the gravel. <laughs> no. So then we go to pull out and then I came to a hard stop because I was freaking myself out because I just dropped it and all those fucking people were running down, you know. And so I can't, I like freaked myself out and I almost dropped it again, pulling out from the gravel to the road, but I didn't. I caught it, and then after that, I was like, I'm fucking done with motorcycles. I just want to go home. <laughs> I just want to go home. Uh, and then we rode eight hours home the next day, and, uh, yeah, it was fine. I, I dropped my again. bike in the dirt before. I dropped my shit all the I time. did it at the Fandango. Did just you? in front of the whole crowd during the chopper drags. I oh, like but that's stopped to, I stopped to grab my hat and then just dropped my bike. And then I picked it up to start it and dropped it the other way. <laughs> and now everybody's yelling at me to start it. And they, they they were over it. They were like, push your bike out of the way so we can do the races. And I'm like, it'll start. <laughs> Just give me a minute ah. to collect my thoughts, okay? Ah. <laughs> yeah, I. it was crazy. And literally, like, just before that, too, because I've been on a Sportster since I started riding Harleys. A fucking, that Sportster's fast, but it's not like... Like that thing It's fast? not fast. You mean you were riding a Sportster? That thing. The Sportster I'm right there. I'm just kidding. I'm yeah, like literally. Oh, I was like, yeah, that thing, duh. Anyway, so I, once we got on got on it, okay, so that we got to Born Free, we rode all night, like literally. Fucking, you hadn't had it that long at that no, point, right? No. And so we parked, we slept, and then the next day we were going to Born Free. So we pull up to this red light. And um, I'm jamming out. Josh is next to me. Wesley, our homie, is behind us. And then there's it's me, Josh, and a turning turning lane, and then Wesley, right? So the light turns green. I just click it in first gear and go. He fucking hauls ass. And I was like, "Uh uh-uh, bitch. I'm fucking coming for you right now, right? (laughs) I got this El Diablo. So I fucking click it in second gear. I'm fucking hauling ass. I'm going 120. I still have sixth gear. Like, I'm fucking railing, right? Railing. I see him. He's in my rearview mirror. Fuck you. I'm winning, bitch. You're never going to win again. Like, that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, he says, oh, fuck, we're getting pulled over. I was like, swear to God. I turn around. It's like a U.S. Marshal. Oh, because you guys were talking to each other. Yeah, in our Lexan. Yeah. And so a U.S. Marshal pulled us over. The marshal was in the turning lane next to us whenever. He oh my god, off. he was right there. He, was he saw right the whole there, race the whole from thing. the beginning. Wesley's like, "What the fuck are they doing?" Oh he's back there god. just like cruising along because we're getting pulled over, and he's like, "We're so fucked. We're so fucked." And like, I hadn't even registered it yet. Wesley like, didn't tell you the cop was there. Was no, he not in the Lexus? He's not in the Lexus. It was just us two. He had so, a Cena at the time. Yeah, he had a Cena. We hadn't converted him yet. But um He bought a Lexus and we still can't get it. Yeah, we still can't get it to connect. <laughs> <laughs> but uh because so, you should have a car though. That's yeah, I know. boom. So he's he he's like he's panicked. He's like, fuck, we're fucked, we're so fucked, we're yeah. so fucked. And I was like, No, we're not, we're fine. He's like, No, we're fucked. I don't think you understand, like we're fucked, because we were literally doing 120, right? And I was like, No, we're Yeah, like fine. racing each other doing yeah, 120. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing started to fit. Yeah, he was like he's like, They're take they're gonna take the bikes. Like he's in the Lexington having a panic attack, and I'm like, No, it's fine. Just watch. Just yeah, watch. watch this. I was I a firefighter. Cool bike. I was a firefighter, so I know how these 
you know, I know how cops work, mm -hmm. you know. So I was like, I'm going to pull a fire card, right? So this is what I did. I got off the bike. I took my helmet off, and he started opening his door. And I was like, I had one more gear, sir. One more gear. You couldn't get, you couldn't wait to turn those lights on until I got past. One more gear. I was spanking that ass. And you know, I came from a sports dude. You know that, right? And then now I'm on this, and I just spanked his ass. He's always spanked my ass, and you couldn't give me one more gear. And he just immediately starts smiling. And I was like, yeah, got we got him. Got him. Got him. <laughs> and then so he walks around the car. And he's like, I'm sorry, sir. Da, 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 da. And I'm still like, if you're going to give us a ticket, please he's write He's saying I'm yeah, sorry? He's, yeah, he's like, I'm She's sorry. I mean, I'm, I, can't, <laughs> I can't control that one up front. I was like, look, if you're going to write us a ticket, can you please put the miles per hour? I'll gladly pay it. I've got money in my bank account. I just need to know yeah. that I won this forever. Da, 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 da. And he was like, can I see your license and insurance? Oh and gosh. we actually, for once, were legal yeah. on all areas of insurance, license, nice. and all that stuff. Cause, and register. Well, the and you were still panicking. He was still yeah. He was still panicking. He was panicking because we I had racing. reckless driving tickets on my record. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. So nail me to the chalkboard. So we um, so like we're talking back and forth, and he's looking at our insurance, and I was like, yeah, I just got it, and he was like, yeah, we haven't even registered it yeah, yet. Yeah, so I dealer tags on it, so we were. Yeah, Gucci. still had dealer tags on it, all of that kind of stuff, and so and he just starts smiling, and he gave us back our stuff, and he was like, look, I scrape off a lot of people off this interstate from racing. It's about two miles up to the right. Take that right and follow the road, and you'll find more free. And I was like. Okay. Damn. <laughs> he didn't give us a ticket, didn't That's give us nothing. Awesome. And then we got on the bike, and I was like, and, I'm, and I beat your ass. <laughs> 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 I got us out of the ticket, and I beat your ass. <laughs> yeah, it was They're pretty good funny. to have around, aren't they, Josh? Yeah. yeah. So, I, uh, yeah, it was fun. But and we'll then, race again whenever I get my. Yeah, you'll definitely beat my ass then. Oh, yeah. You put player. Buddy to work. Exactly. Yeah, building that 131 yeah. twin cam. Yeah, I won't be able to compete with that until we. we no, are, we'll do something to that one too. Yeah, we are gonna build the. I don't even know why we got the warranty on the thing when we got it. We just got the warranty on the tires and the rims. We didn't get yeah. it on the motor. That's the cool thing. You get a nail in there, take it over there to Leg Legacy, and they'll give us a brand new tire. Yeah, that was my. Pr I I did that too, yep. and then I left the country. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't work when you're like, yeah. I heard you had to spend a Mexico. lot of money over there. Like, they, to get through, to, I, I can't Central remember Central exactly. America. Central yes. America. I paid some bribes in Central America. Yes. And they would not stop either. They wanted more and more It just kept escalating. Yes. yes. It did. It was, uh, you know, that was a fucking trip. Yeah. It That's really insane. Was. It was insane. I can't wait to do stuff like that. I rode, I rode in Canada. Let's get a, let's get a couple Pan Americas. They, everybody in Canada has Pan Americas. Really? Everybody. Oh, fuck yeah. They're everywhere. Because they were riding on the street, and then they go up into the mountains, and they come back down on the trail onto the street. Like, it just makes sense, you yeah. know? And so I rode with Russ. Uh, he's the owner of Fast Cut CNC. I rode with him and Rhea the Welder. Do you know who Rhea the Welder is? No. She makes sissy bars in Canada. Dope um, sissy bars. <clears throat> dope sissy bars. So Harley let me borrow um, the new Street Bob, and I rode it across BC and Alberta and back. 
the craziest riding. I thought I was fucking and wild. I was living my wildest life, like riding this fucking borrowed motorcycle. And when I drop motorcycles as much as I drop motorcycles, yeah. I had, like across the country, <laughs> across <laughs> a country I'd never ridden in, and but. Like, and the most beautiful riding, the most beautiful roads. But I rode through two wildfires. There was wild, like, massive wildfires going on. Was this on. recently? This was last year. Okay. Because they got some wildfires going, going on, on right, right now. now. Wild shit. But rode through wildfires next to bears and, like, through all these national parks and, like, all these glaciers. Like, I rode through. We went up to this glacier, and it was... Uh, I really underestimated the weather, first off. The weather in Canada, like, I'm like, oh, it'll be warm. 80 degrees in Canada is not warm. I don't care who says it is. I froze my fucking ass off. Like, 80 degrees? Is it Celsius? Well, I don't know. Whatever 80 degrees is. That wouldn't make sense either. Yeah, it's just 80 there. And so it was like I started the trip in a tank top, and by the time we got up into the mountains, I had at least... Oh, it wasn't 80 degrees in the mountains. No, not in the mountains, but, like, down below in the very part You're new to riding motorcycles, you know. Soon you will learn that you pack for everything. Yeah, I wore at least two articles of clothing of everybody who was with me (laughs) (laughs) on... So I had everybody's clothes on along with my own Mm -hmm. because I was just so fucking cold. Like it was, it was the most. Especially in the mountains, you got to pack for everything. Yeah, I didn't. I thought I packed. I was so I underestimated. If I were to go to Canada, I would just pack nothing but cold weather gear. Yeah, see, I didn't. Canada. I did it in August. I rode in August, and I was like, oh, summer. It's gonna be great. No, I was. Fucking, fucking cold. Cold in Colorado in the summer. I literally. We're not cold, but it's you know. I literally. It ain't fucking hot. We got to this one point where we rode up next to this glacier. So we rode. It was eighty. I was wearing a tank, and then by the time we got up to the glacier, it was snowing. And then, like, hardcore snowing at the glacier, left the glacier, and then it was sleeting. And then we went into rain, and then just these massive, massive mosquitoes after the rain subsided. Awesome. Just huge hundreds and thousands of them like what are they even eating like that's just covering the whole sky and like all these yeah it was crazy it was crazy i can't wait to go ride through some mountains it was nuts absolutely nuts i mean i when i think of canada i think snow year round Mm -hmm. yeah like that's just i think it's good weather canadians i mean yeah for like a month a year (laughs) they got a rising season i think it's just for sturgis that's when my canadian friends ride down from canada is for sturgis Mm -hmm. Then they ride back and put their bikes in the garage and, and wait till next year. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. You know that their hundred dollar bill smells like maple syrup, too. I think everything over there Canada's. smells like maple syrup, yeah. right? No, but their actual hundred dollar bill has they smell. They made the paper smell like maple syrup. It well, like get actually the fuck out of here because they don't use hundred dollar bills. Well, whatever the like what the currency smells like maple. Whatever the hundred is That's for that, awesome. it smells like maple syrup. You know what our dollar bill smell like? We're definitely on the same wave, same wavelength. Not I'm maple like syrup. Yeah. You said cocaine. Uh, yeah, no, not maple syrup. Also, everybody is so nice there. Yeah, like, Canadians. Yeah, they're so sweet. Is this your first time dealing with Canadians? Yeah. Well, no, I deal with Canadians. I love Canadians. Like, they're I mean, Ross, so nice. Rhea, like everybody's so sweet. And then the roads they are always incredible. Say I'm sorry. Yeah. Like all the time. Yeah. Or a. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know yeah, how you a, could do that. That's a, when I came home, I just kept Russ saying is A. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah A. It's contagious. Sure, yeah. A. Yeah. Yeah, A. Yeah, a. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it was, it was great, though. It was like, it was. I'm going to go up there one day. Yeah, you should. If you haven't gotten a ride, Canada, BC, and Alberta, you should. But you know what's wild is the properties are so fucking expensive up there. Yeah. We went through this one Especially town. Especially for Americans. Oh. They don't want us up there. Well, a, just a trailer house and like a piece, a plot of land was like a million dollars. Think about how much money it costs just to put maple syrup on every fucking dollar bill. Boom. Yeah, right. You know. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> so They much won't money. even let me in up there. They won't? No, that's why their property values are so high. They don't let people like me up there. <laughs> it's beautiful, though. It's beautiful, though. All of his friends, too. Never yeah. letting people like that in here. <laughs> You pay extra then. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's shut this down. I got to go pee. I'm getting All hungry. Right. Thank you so much for having me out. I'm Thank glad we got coming. to do this. Thank uh, you for coming. And we should do it again in the future. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. I'll see you next week. I can't wait to see your bike. I can't wait for you to see it. It's going to be cool. I, I can't really wait can't to meet wait Buddy. Yeah, buddies. No, I can't wait to see him beat you on that new oh, bike. Oh, fuck with that. His no, old he bike. wishes. He wishes. His old clapped out twin cam spanking yeah. that El Diablo. You'll be taking it apart for sure. You'll be like, Buddy. Fix it. Fix it. <laughs> I broke it, buddy. I Fix broke it. it. I, like, we already did this once. You can put it together yourself we were, now. We were talking about a 128 last night. Yeah. Just a big old motor in it, too. And just yeah, we're going to make everything here fast. Gangster motors. Yeah. Everything here fast. Fucking horsepower junkies over here. Yeah. I just like mine to run a long time. Yeah. Everything's stock. But I'm not, like, I don't like to go really, really fast, though, all the time. Like, See, Everybody I love wants going really fast. I like fast uh, shit, I want to just oh, I want to just cruise. I want to just cruise. Yeah, I want to enjoy yeah. the elements around you like that kind of thing. Yeah. And like every time Wesley, you, we all ride together, Devin, all of them, it's just fucking 100 miles an hour everywhere we I, go. I always try and start like, all right, I'm going to take it easy. And then I see one front wheel and I'm like, let's go. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, no. It's so easy. No, yeah. you're not going to fuck you. I'm going way fast. You can't keep up with me, you yeah. know? Yeah. That's I try and be cool, but it just slowly but yeah. surely. We did the, the fast speed. car thing for a while and then. Yeah, we were super, super into like we've, we've street racing bikes, so and just cars just and building cars. And we just sold the drift car. We had a drift car and we just got. We're, we, the Blazer 2 is gone now. Mm-hmm. We had the Blazer and it's we're full bore into motorcycles now. Mm-hmm. There's no fucking going back. They're so much easier than cars. They yeah. take up less space. Oh, dude. We, you have, can have, more we have plenty of space for these. You can work on them so much easier. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys got room for plenty of motorcycles. You'll, you'll oh, crash, you'll crash the, next to one in there, too. Yeah. There's another one. The dirt, I, I, I want a dirt bike now. We thought about turning the Sportster into a, a dirt bike, too. That one. No, we this can do one. That one. We this talked about nice. doing that one, too. But. Just get a dirt bike. Oh, I want one. But we also want to do it to a sport. We want yeah. a Sportster. Or a Chopper Sportster. I was, I was telling her. I was no. just going to find a long, raked-out front end. Buddy says he's had one. He's got a Springer front end, and his house is taller than him. Oh, yeah. And he was like, dude, he's like, we'll just chunk it on there, and then we can hardtail it. And yeah. then I'll get, I want one of them big old two-up seats so that me and her can just bomb into town on the yeah. thing, you know? Her, and I'm chilling her, like her this. Are up by your exactly. Ears. That's what. That's exactly what I told her. And I would do it just because sportsters are armrests. Those we freaking motors are something. Run yeah, we yeah. need a chopper. We need a chopper in our lives. There's we have the so shovel much head. Fun. Yeah, there's we have, so much. We, have we need to get that 
Get Buddy to help you go through the shovel head while Buddy's here. Yeah, that's yeah. what Oh, I mean. that's next. Because I had a, um, so I did some floor pans, like floor work on a scout, some scouts for mm-hmm. a guy in town. And as a trade, he gave me this 81 FLH shovel head. And it didn't, it didn't run. But the guy that owned it, he passed away. Not on the motorcycle, but he passed away. And he did a bunch of, like, he just got fucked up on drugs or something. And just, like, rewired this whole fucking thing. And the whole thing was just fucked. And so just, it took literally just fine tooth combing I it. love it how people think drugs immediately. When the motorcycle's fucked up. Yeah. No, he really was. Though. <laughs> like, they must have been on drugs. No, he really, really, <laughs> truly was. And so, like, fine tooth combing this thing was a fucking nightmare. Like this, like he. It's they're easier to just rewire. Yeah. yeah. Just take it all off and start over again. Yeah. yeah. So that's what we did. Got running, and then it started pooping oil out of the primary, and then Harley called. <laughs> So that one got pushed back. Yeah. And so. You know, it's hard to jack with them when there's other bikes at work. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, well. Those are yeah. the more complicated ones that I've touched personally. What's that? Honestly, the shovel head motors. Yeah, it's, it's funny like how that works because all the machining, the tolerances, the tooling now to making shit, you know. Out the window. It, they, everything bolts together. Yeah. Those older bikes, it's like, well, okay, it was close. Yep. Now you got to take your tools out. Yep. And make it right. Yeah. Because even though it's close, you know, there's fucking it's gotta bronze be close and brass than that. bushings. Okay, yeah. now you got to get that bushing to have the right clearance. They're mm-hmm. all this clearance, kind of. And, you know, every yeah. end of the cam is kind of this clearance, but then you got to. It's just a whole lot of hoping yeah. and wishing. I if, you talk to, if you talk no to Buddy about shovel heads, he's going to tell you, he's like, uh, he's like, when we started working on those and them came out, we made all our own tools. He was like, because they didn't have no tools. Yeah. He showed me a fucking box of yeah, that's my tools he's got. All it. homemade shovel head tools. And that's what he's going to help me do on that one. Sick. It's got a breather gear board that's completely biffed. There's uh-huh. a rock in it, and it grooved it. So it's not picking up any oil. So all of it sumps on the bottom end, and it just... Spewed out. He just shit it all over the table. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah after what we, the hell, like, how just... How did you get a rock in your... That's what I'm saying. Crackhead. Crackheads, man. Like, there's that's an what extension I'm cord. You. There's an extension cord ran to a button on the console they drilled through that jumpered that's the starter. That's chopper shit. Come Straight on. up. That doesn't mean drugs. Straight up. Most no, choppers this guy mean totally drugs. Was. Yeah. But this thing was <laughs> this, this is a nice motorcycle. Yeah. Like the tanks for it are up there. Yeah, the it was in great condition. It's got nice tanks. Like it's a nice bike. Just yeah, it was fucking druggies can have that nice shit. <laughs> you know? God, you guys are hating on people and drugs over here. <laughs> it was true. He fucked it all That's off, and then now I have to fucking it fix it. Like, at the same well, at least you didn't, they didn't like bike. start fucking raking the neck and welding yeah. it back together with oh, coat hangers yeah. and shit. Yeah, you know? that is true. That is true. So they did wiring's rig... all you got to worry about. Yeah. Your well, they did weld the primary cover, but I think most of the primary covers that are for shovel heads I've seen have fucking got some sort of welded spot on them. I did find a new a cover without a welded spot, finally, at Texas Fandango. It's up there. Yeah, just one. You gonna do kick only or kick and starter? It has it's, a push start. Yeah, it was the first year for the starter. Yeah, it has a push start. It's an 80? 80. Yeah, 81. Well, 81, yeah. So second year. Yeah. yeah. 80 was I was hoping year. it was a kick, but... It's five. not. We missed Is it, it a five-speed? Yeah. Yeah. Never ridden it. Where's the frame? It's in the sea container. It's still it's like half as put together. What's on the sea container? Oh my god, that's a whole nother story. All right, I got a pee. We can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother story. Thank you guys. So we'll have to cut it off for another day. Yeah, that was a good one. Thank you uh, for taking my words of advice. 
as well as you did, Ray. Your bike turned out amazing. I can't wait to see, can't wait to see you riding it. I can't wait to see how it ages. It's a beautiful piece of art. I hope that you guys will go out and make your way to a show that it's at and put your eyes on it yourself. Ray's work is, uh, you know, you heard her story. It's unique. She's figured it out on her own, and it's got her all over it, and it's a beautiful thing. And I hope it inspires you, you know, to get outside your wheelhouse and try something new and go for it. Put it all out there. Just let it hang. Uh, Yeah, she'll be serving beers at some fucking Harley Davidson dealership in Milwaukee, House of Harley. So go check her out. The bike will be there. I'll see you in Milwaukee. Check out mcshoptees.com, dangerdancetalkshop.com, lowbrockcustoms.com, motorcyclesherpa.com, knivesmadebynick.com. Did you guys see his broom licks this week? Oh, man, that was a good one. Nick, love you, bud. All right, I'll see you in Milwaukee. (laughs) 